Here we are. All right. Podcast number uh, six. I'm number Blake. Six. I'm Billy. Today we have Shade. I'm Shade. <laughs> Hi, Shade. Hi, Blake. Hello. I'm so glad you're here, man. You've you've been on me to get on this. You and David have been on me to get on this uh, since we started. So I'm glad we finally got you on here. I know it, it kind of felt bad because we were wanting to just like jump in and take it over, you know, the <laughs> traditional way that David and I would. Yeah. But, you know, we kind of had back off like, yeah, it's Blake's thing. That's, <laughs> that's why we waited. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. But it's all good, you know. We'll uh, we'll get both you guys on here and just let you guys do your thing and just <laughs> talk oh, yeah. shit about me the whole time. Yeah, but now that I'm actually here, it's weird because I'm I'm kind of having this feeling of all right, dance, monkey, dance. You know, you know, <laughs> it's just like you're so on the spot, you don't don't even know what to do. And I've yeah. never listened to myself in the headphones, like and there's wires everywhere. I'm just like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? I'm freaking out, man. <laughs> I'm not gonna do what everybody thinks I'm gonna do. I'm freak out. <laughs> Candy bars. <laughs> It uh it takes some getting used to, especially like like having a conversation talking into a mic. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it does. It's it's taken me I don't know three or four podcasts to get used to like talking into it. Yeah, and then I use a different mic than like everyone else, so I'm like, well, do I sound better or worse than them? <laughs> yeah. Like you like you're constantly critiquing, and then you go back and listen to it, and you're like, I kind of sound like a douche. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've noticed. A couple of those I've noticed uh, the the last podcast. I stop. I I pause a lot before I say a sentence. I don't know if it's a dramatic pause or if I mean to <laughs> yeah. do it or if I have too much spit in my mouth. And I <laughs> yeah. say like a lot. So yeah. moving forward, I'm trying to like really. So, so, <laughs> yeah, see, I did it right did there. It. I just did it right there. But that's the thing. It's I mean, hard, you still man. want the whole thing to sound organic. Like we're having a conversation, but just a couple dudes hanging out. You know, yeah. no big deal. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's wires and everywhere. I mean, it'd be like it'd almost be like some. I feel there's almost some like like perf- performance anxiety. Like you're trying to yeah. give a medically supervised donation at a sperm bank. And you got the doctor <laughs> yeah. over your shoulder, like critiquing how, yeah. how you're doing. Your right. yeah. Like yeah. it's just, it's just <laughs> like, weird. And it's is that all like, you got? Yeah. yeah. It's just you you go into and expect to be a certain thing, and now you're here. It's like I'm freaking yeah. out. Yeah. It's all right. Just breathe. Relax. <laughs> yeah. it, the great thing is, is it's recording. So afterwards, like we can always delete yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't like to but you know, right we yeah can't, we try to we keep can't. the editing down to a minimum but for the it most keeps part, it more organic yeah. plus yeah. uh um, actually you saying that i think previous guests and future guests will be like okay now i kind of know what to expect and or you know i'm glad i wasn't the one that felt that way that's why i love you shade you're honest you bring out the every man <laughs> in, in everyone you, you're you're the guy that's like i can't fucking take this when everybody's like i can't fucking take this yeah, yeah. he's I'm, always the first one to speak up i, I fucking love that i'm just <laughs> one of those people like i'm not gonna sit in an uncomfortable situation and try to pretend like everything's okay yeah. like, that, that's yeah. not me not at all not no, at all yeah. Yeah. That's uh, good though. That's I mean, that's really good. Yeah. <clears throat> that's really good. So, so hey, uh, beforehand we were talking about you've had a lot of different jobs, and you're about to tell us some stories about pizza deliveries. Yeah, I mean that that definitely wasn't the craziest job I ever did. I mean, for part time work for a few months, I went and delivered pizzas. I mean, it's not not anything like the two and a half years I spent driving a city bus in Fort Worth. No, oh, that yeah. was. 
that was crazy town. By the time I quit working, driving the city bus, like I would just sit it there, just holding the wheel, just daydreaming, just taking all of them off the <laughs> overpass with me. That was that was bad. Like that made me an angry, angry person. Uh, like, tell us, tell us some crazy stories from that. All right. Well, you were asking about the pizza delivery. All you right, know, well, just well, everybody. You know, the stereotypical like, you know pizza boys show up you're gonna see some naked chicks or you know something like that so that's automatically in your mind like this is gonna eventually happen when in reality it's it's not <laughs> but but one time i went out on this pizza delivery and i was going to the marriott hotel so you know and it, it already is like a little bit different of an environment kind of sketchy so i'm going to deliver and i'm looking at the i'm at the room and i see the room number and there's a do not disturb hanger on the door i'm like all right what do i do now do i knock do what what do i do so i'm just sitting there just holding the pizzas like all right i've never been here before what do i do so i'm just sitting there and then i just start hearing this this like slow rhythmic like bed springs That's and i'm funny. just like trying to figure out which room it's coming from is it the one that i'm trying to deliver to with the do not disturb because that makes the most sense to me in my head right yeah. now and i'm yeah. just like is it on I, I don't i don't know like what's going to happen so i'm just like kind of froze there for like two or three minutes like do i knock on the door or what and i actually had to call back to the store and be like what do I do? They're like, knock on the door, dumbass. It's like, what What if he's mad? Or what if he wants me to join? Like, do I take my break now? Do I get paid for this? Like, what the hell? Yeah. I don't remember this being covered in training. Like, at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was not in the manual. <laughs> but yeah, it's city bus, that's a whole different kind of crazy. Like, I used to tell people, like, people wonder about the zombie apocalypse. Zombies do exist. They just have not developed the taste for human flesh yet. <laughs> yeah. They're just riding the bus just in circles all day long. Oh, shit. Yeah. But it's, I mean, like homeless crazy. people? Oh, yeah. 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 It's almost, in Fort Worth especially, like, they're in a real catch-22 because they've never been able to grow their transit system because they don't have enough ridership, you know, to get more funds funded into the city bus. Oh, okay, so the yeah. service sucks, so people don't want to ride it. Yeah. So there's this big catch-22. They can't grow it because they don't have riders, but they don't have riders because the system sucks. And yeah. so it's like pretty much, I mean, the main line on one of them is the two route, which is just right down Lancaster Avenue, I mean, by you know union gospel mission salvation army i mean that's like worst of the worst and, it's, and it's, a lot of it's just homeless people just driving around in circles just so they could you know get air conditioning and you know yeah, it, yeah. It, it's it's kind of a weird thing because like you know you want to feel bad for homeless people but at the same time when you're around them all the time it's like it's nobody's fault but your own that you're homeless because right, you can't yeah. you're one of those people you can't get out of your own way or you've got some kind of mental illness and yeah we're not for mental, you know, people with mental illness anymore. We're just like, we can't lock you up. You yeah, know, we can only give right. you the help you want. And it's right. just kind of a scary, you know, situation that, I mean, a lot of these people are just, I mean, they're just in sad. a limbo. I mean, yeah. it's purgatory to the utmost. Yeah. Yeah. That's sad. You know, cause I mean, you want to help them, but like, I mean, I'm sure professionally as a bus driver, like there's only so much you can do. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you can't, I, I don't know. And even to this day, I have people come up and, you know, hey, you know, you got some some money to support the homeless. I'm like, I did my time. I drove a city bus for two and a half years. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I've yeah. done my service. I but was your chauffeur. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, just crazy stories. Like we had a, a serial shitter. Like, there's a, <laughs> could not ever catch her, even though there's like seven cameras on most buses. 
there was a lady, we guess it was a lady, about on average probably twice a month would take a shit in the back of the bus. And you could tell the drivers that were calling in for a bus change because they were all <laughs> mad and freaking out about it. <laughs> and I mean, we just, we definitely had our, you know, our situations. I mean, I've had people, you know, literally try to fight me while I'm driving down the street just because oh, wow. they're drunk and shouting profanity. I'm like, hey, you know, watch profanity. You know, I don't really care, but I'm here to enforce this. And I mean, tried to physically fight me while i'm trying to drive and i'm just like this it's not worth this i would love to see shay just pull it get pissed off pull over a bus pick someone up off over his head not even step out just kick the doors open and toss them out and take off <laughs> yeah oh yeah that would have been that, awesome those are my kind of favorite bum fights whenever you start going on to youtube yeah. it's just bus drivers just <laughs> yeah. KOing yeah. people oh yeah <laughs> those, those, that's what i get into now but it's uh, awesome but yeah we had one went one guy he was i mean infamous crazy as fuck his name was when he went by the name king green king green king, king green, green. <laughs> crazy as fuck <laughs> like i had him on my bus one time going from ridgemar mall back into downtown for 45 minutes talking to a person who wasn't there that she needed to teach her daughter how to eat apples or is going to get him killed by a sniper just wow. over and over in this continuous loop talking to somebody that wasn't there I pick him wow. up one time. He's got a 44-ounce cup from Jack in the Box full of D-cell batteries. And he's just standing there like <laughs> everything's completely normal. He gets on the bus. And I'm like, I don't know what's up. Two yeah. days later, I'm driving that same route. I pull up to the bus stop. He's got three radios just turning them up, turning them down, turning to the different stations. <laughs> like he's just In his mind, he's DJing the bus stop. <laughs> but i mean it's awesome. it's so fast that i mean it's just this up down turn stations i mean all over the place and it's just i mean I, another driver said one time pulled over to pick him up out of nowhere he pulled a mop handle out and tried to joust the bus <laughs> guy said he just grabbed the wheel whipped the bus over to the next lane went around him and whipped it back and just kept on going he's like i, I don't need that kind of crazy today but yeah. <laughs> nope yeah not today wow. i mean i hear it's a lot more tame and you know dallas with dart i mean that's supposed to be a more legitimate system and i'm sure it's improved in the last 10 years in fort worth i don't want to sit here and shit on fort worth or the t i mean yeah. it is well, what like it is you said there's like a it's a it's just it sounds like they're just in a loop and they can't get they can't yeah. get to that next level because yeah. they can't get people to ride because of the service and they can't afford to pay for the service yeah yeah you know it's uh but i mean the vast majority of it's paid through through grants i mean the fares themselves i mean do very little i mean it's really? all grant money that that, oh, that funds that. it you know and it's it's headcount that that really drives paying for the system. But, yeah. I mean, they, they have made some improvements. They're about to put in some new train lines and stuff. I mean, I actually really enjoyed, you know, that part of it because I had this special e-pass where I could just jump on buses and trains anywhere in the DFW area and just ride around. You know, mm. I went exploring Hell stuff yeah. sometimes. And I love doing that when I have a day off and nothing to do. Yeah. I mean, I'll Go jump on the train. Shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. That's awesome. I like exploring. I just... I never have time. Go get know. lost and then find yourself and be like, yeah, that's how you get there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's how you know where everything is. Yeah. This guy. So, okay. So the first time Shade and I really connected, like when I, I okay, I met Shade and he was a driver for, uh, I don't know if I should say the company, for the company I work yeah. for, right? And I was a sales rep and uh, uh, he was the, the night route driver and that's where we first met. 
And at first, we're kind of like, oh, I don't know if I like you. I'm sure he thought I was a big douche at that. Oh, point everybody time. hates me when they first meet me. They're like, you're yeah. the biggest asshole I've ever met. And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know what I did. <laughs> yeah. Well, I you cracked a joke, and it, I I forgot what it was. It was one of your typical shade jokes. It's a typical shade joke is like. What the fuck is this dumbass doing? This is common sense, and he rants about it, and it's awesome. It's yeah. awesome. I, I, I fucking love it. It's awesome, and it always makes sense. Yeah. You know, you're always like, "Why didn't I fucking think of that?" I'm <laughs> yeah. kind of a retard too. <laughs> yeah. So the first time Shane and I connected, uh, we had both shifted around in our jobs, and I was on a new route, and uh, Shane was the merchandiser. We were riding around. Uh, in a van We would spend Fridays together This is where we really bonded We would spend Fridays together And Shade's driving By the way Shade You're like the best driver I know Like <laughs> I've seen this guy Back trailers in And pull trailers out the, it, when, when five guys are standing around Looking like Well how the hell are we going to get it out Shade's like Give me the keys <laughs> And makes it happen he's the, he's the fucking shit man So I turn on Coheed and Cambria and uh, <laughs> uh, what, what song was In Keeping Secrets? You know, Man, you're on jackhammer! And we're screaming this. And, and Shade's saying mandible jackhammers or something. <laughs> and he's like, well, that's what he says. No, Shade, he says man, you're on. He goes, bullshit. <laughs> I know that's what the lyrics say, but that's not what he's saying. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there's that. And then we were in, uh, I, I still do this to this day when I see this beer. Uh, we were in uh, a drunken donkey cooler, uh, which was, I mean, it was, it needed two people. We're rearranging and counting beer and everything, and we're stocking their bottles and uh, screaming profanities and yeah. causing a scene. Yeah. <laughs> but the funny thing is, like, no one would see us unless, like, the bartenders could open the door uh, from one side, and we're behind the racks on the other side. So if they open it up, they would hear what we would say. But sometimes we would hear them, and sometimes we just hear the door close. Yeah. <laughs> we look at each other like, "Oh fuck, oops." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're stuck <laughs> in the shelves, and we're cold and delirious. And there's a beer called Narwhal, and it's made by Sierra Nevada. It's a really good beer. It's a stout, imperial stout. And Shane goes, "Hey, Mister Narwhal. Hey, buddy." <laughs> <laughs> And I'm sure to people listening to this, that sounds like the dumbest thing. But like, it just at that point in time, it made me laugh hysterically. <laughs> Fucking, I still laugh to this day when I see this beer. I say that out loud. People are like, "What the hell?" <laughs> yeah. you? Either that, or Shut we're up. driving around the the speedway during race, and we're just yes. like rocking out to <laughs> Ramstein yes. with my Timmy and Channer hat. I was yeah. telling the story the other day. So we had a draft wall on uh, in the infield that we had to go get. So we hopped in my truck. We get down there. My driving hat is a Tim the Enchanter hat. For those who don't know, Tim the Enchanter is uh, uh, the wizard on top of the mountain in um, Monty Python's Holy Grail. He takes him to uh, he takes him to the bunny with the really pointy teeth. Yeah. So it's a hat with horns. So Shade puts this thing on, right? So <laughs> and again, this is after a long day of work, right? It, it, I mean, this is like we're 15 hours into this day. This is the very end. So we load, uh, we're, we're jamming Ramstein yeah. on the way down. We load the, uh, <laughs> we load the, the drafle on the back of my truck. Shades right in the back. I'm driving and like, it's kind of calm. It's cool outside and the breeze. was just like, Oh man, it's, I'm glad we're almost done. Then all of a sudden I remember Shades got that hat on. As soon as I remember that, I hear this. Do, do hostage. <laughs> 
<laughs> Shane's yelling at the top of his lungs, and I start laughing. I'm trying to drive, and I'm crying because I'm laughing so hard. Oh oh, I'm just I'm channeling the spirit of Ramstein. <laughs> You're like, it's probably like seven in the morning in Germany. I was like, you don't know when they rock out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. We're channeling Ramstein. Oh, uh, dude, it was it was that was fucking memorable. Yeah, memorable. It's just being idiots. Yeah. Uh, th- speaking of Monty Python, there's a picture of uh, the Monty Python group, and they all have their pants jacked up to like where their nipples are, and they're all hunched over, ma- and they're all making funny faces. And it says "finding friends with the same mental illness." Mm. On the bottom, it says "priceless." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like so. Cheers to you, Shane. Yeah. That's funny. That, yeah. that was really good time. Really good time. Yeah. I know you wanted to talk about crazy jobs, but I mean, by far the the craziest was just city bus. Oh, I drove I a truck imagine. over the road a little bit, and that was, eh, it's not as crazy as what it used to be. I mean. Well, the the hard but, part would be staying awake, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, there's there several times I'm falling asleep, and I've got the windows down, the AC up, and I'm just yelling as I'm driving down the road, just, <laughs> just trying to get something to keep myself awake. But, but yeah, I mean, the whole stories that they used to have of all the, the lot lizards, lot which would lizards, be the, yeah. the, the low, low man on the totem pole hookers, you know, <laughs> yeah. that that's as low as the low gets. I mean, they're not out there like they used to be. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of cleaned up and sanitized, you know, it's not as crazy as it used to be, but there was some crazy stuff happening every once in a while. Yeah. Well, it's, it's hard to get away with a lot of that stuff anymore because you have cameras in parking lots and, and cameras in cabs Trucks. and, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. and then why would, and, why would you go stand around in a, truck stop whenever you know we can just go to the internets and stay at your house yeah hang out yeah. with your pimp like Put on craigslist i mean yeah. i'm just saying like whenever whenever you are dealing with them though it is the lowest of lows i remember i was out in mississippi one time i was wanting to say like tupelo or something mm-hmm. and it was i was actually stuck down over memorial weekend i'd just gotten done delivering to a beer distributor a load of good old boat wazer yeah. and uh I just gotten done delivering to them and uh, I was stuck for the weekend. So I'm just kind of hanging out in this really small truck stop for almost two days. And uh, middle of the night, I just hear somebody beating on the side of my truck. And I go, I go and peek out the door after a little while. Like I wasn't trying to get in a hurry. I hope they go away. Like out in West Texas, I'd get it a lot. You hear a little knocking on the truck and they'd be gone by the time you pop out and see what's going on. I I wasn't interested, Yeah, but uh, I, I, she just wasn't gonna stop. She's just beating as hard as she What's could. That on the set. Yeah. <laughs> so I go and throw back the curtain because there's a curtain that goes around the uh, front window and windshield, so you can have a little more space in there. And then there's another curtain that's just a sleeper. So I throw the curtain open, and it is the ugliest, <laughs> fattest. I'm not gonna say toothless because she could have had less teeth. Yeah. <laughs> grossest black lady i'd ever seen and from 10 15 feet away i could smell the straw burrito on her breath like it was like strawberry malt liquor just like wafting into the truck and i'm just like i told her i was like i swear to god you touch my truck one more time i'm gonna swing this door open and nail you right in your face (laughs) now you don't want no company i'm like no get away i will call the police after how I is, smash your face. How is that not apparent, lady? Yeah. It's been 10, yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah. Fuck from, off. From yeah. the last 15 seconds, from what context clues did you think I still wanted some company? Yeah. Like, yeah. No. Yeah, not going to Go away. Just go away. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
I, I I never had any like crazy jobs where like crazy stuff would happen to me all the time. Except like, for like special events whenever we're working. Oh, those. Like, yeah. If I can have a job that was just centered around special events where I could work with all my friends, it didn't fall on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It was during the week, nine to five. Like that'd probably be one of the best jobs ever. Because it would yeah. be like work for a couple hours and screw off for seven or eight, work for a couple hours and go home. Yeah, that special events are awesome. Yeah. Awesome because yeah, the people that come out for the whole event, like they're running that marathon. There's no sprint. Some of them, you know, they're drunk by like three hours into it, you yeah. know, and then by the end of it, like they're being carried out. But like, <laughs> like the people that are in it for the marathon, like at the very end, when you see them, like you're waiting for everybody to walk out so you can clean up and leave. Yeah. Like as they're walking out, just seeing them, just the people you've been seeing all day long stumble out. It's it's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Plus a lot of the workers. As it um, as they go along, they drink too. So, you know, that, yeah, depending, some of depending on the rules, like yeah, each, some each of event's events. different. Yeah. Each event can be very, very different. It depends on who's running it and if they're volunteers or not. Yeah, if they're volunteers, a lot of times they're drinking. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. like our compensation is getting fucked up. Yeah. What are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? Yeah, it's the only yeah. way we're getting paid. This yeah. is my tip, asshole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Special events are fun, man. They they are. They're, they suck working by yourself because, like, you get bored, you know? So you you don't have someone to talk to, so, like, you go and, like, you do everything, and then you just kind of sit there and wait for, like, a keg to blow or wait for them to need more cases of beer. And then, you, you know, they get close, so you go and you get one to come back. And you can talk to the bartenders, but if they get busy, like, you're just in the background just sitting there waiting. Yeah. Yeah. We, we tried to finagle it where we at least had two people most of the time. Yeah. We wouldn't have very many solo special events. No, usually the solo special events were like go set up, leave, you know, and then come back right before they, uh, right before the end and then clean everything up and yeah. go home. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> special events are fun, though. Yeah. Are a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I've been to a couple of y'all special events mm-hmm. we got to fun. see kansas remember that <laughs> yeah. shane was making fun of me because i was like dude we're gonna see kansas he's like oh you're such a faggot boy <laughs> yeah shut up kansas is awesome <laughs> man carry on my way we're fucking son shane god damn it i know i have a really hard time appreciating any music like circa 1991 like people are like you don't like any 80s music i was like no it all sucked i got in a debate with a guy that was training me on my new job here recently and he's like no 80s music was awesome i was like no it's so plain they're having to throw in all these saxophone and these this like synthesized bullshit as filler trying to make the song seem like there's more to it but there's nothing to this song a lot of stuff a lot of stuff in the 80s were like there is there's some really good music that did come out of the 80s but it's none of the top 40 shit that you that like you hear yeah you know the uh like queen did a lot of really cool stuff in the 80s so did pink floyd rush did some really cool king crimson did a lot of really Mm -hmm. cool stuff in the 80s but it's none of their like hit songs you yeah. know it's all it's all the b-sides who did the greatest job was phil fucking collins yeah <laughs> yeah no good. shit yeah, phil collins is, is, call is yeah. the shit you know what made phil collins so awesome and he probably started the the whole wave but the horn section oh yeah not even gonna lie or steve winwood yeah steve winwood was awesome steve winwood was awesome that was an amazing show give me a high enough. yeah that was my birthday last year yeah. um I happened to get some tickets to uh, uh, it was Steve Winwood and uh, Steely Dan 
and it would it was in a suite and it was awesome yeah and we went and partied we went and partied afterwards um at, at some bar they had games. It was some Bar-cadia. bar in Dallas. Barcadia. Yeah. In Dallas with a couple uh, uh like shock top reps or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. That was, was awesome. That was fun. We got so fucking I got really that drunk, night. yes. <laughs> did I go to work the next day? I did. I did go to work the yeah, next I day. I did too. Was it anywhere like my epic birthday of two years ago? No, 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 no. No, no, no. It wasn't I don't know I how mean, that I don't know how we survived that. Yeah, that was, that was bad. <laughs> that was real bad. Yeah. Oh, I, I remember slap cam. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a there was an account opening up in Denton and the original no fuck. So me, Shay, David, and and uh, I don't want to say the other guy's name because I don't know if he'll appreciate it, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, we called ourselves the no fucks because when we when we go out and get fucked up like. We didn't give any fucks. Yeah, yeah. There were no fucks given. Like, so we started at this account, and here we here we are. Like we we, it was their first delivery. We sat down. We ate dinner. We had beer with dinner. You know, and yeah. then we started taking shots. And we killed probably what two bottles of beam ourselves, something like no, that. No, you you got to remember what we started with. We were doing JMO and picklebacks. Oh yeah, we killed a whole bottle of Jameson, Jameson and picklebacks between pretty much four of us. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. yeah, I'm surprised they let us do it. Yeah, yeah they, I mean they were contemplating about three or four times of kicking us out, but they're like, yeah, we know these guys; they got it under control. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're harmless. They're just beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. They all deserve it anyway. <laughs> so, I I don't remember who started it, but but slap cam and the thing was like slap cam was like it was the new thing on vine yeah you're supposed you know? to surprise people with it they're not supposed to see it coming but we would like announce like <laughs> to everybody in the general area like oh it's coming it's yeah. coming we'd wind up and just rock each other <laughs> i remember one time here i am i i'm standing i i've got a drink in my hand and i'm standing uh <laughs> Standing, I'm talking to these two gorgeous women. We're we're having a decent conversation, and here comes David. He leans in. He goes, "Hey Blake, guess what?" I was like, "Huh? What?" He goes, "Slap cam, boom!" <laughs> and like the girls like turn white. They they look like they saw a ghost, and I just stood there. I was like, "Oh, you got me. It's this game that we're playing, I guess." <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> they tried to get everybody in that place to slap me that night. <laughs> People walk by and be like, and I would see this happen. I'd be talking to someone and this person would walk by and these guys would stop him and be like, Hey, Hey, go over and slap that guy. And the person would look at him all crazy. I'm like, Oh God, they're trying to get him to slap yeah. me. A couple of people did. I'm not even going to lie. A couple of people came up to me. They're like, dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know why you can't just relax and go with it. You want you, you want to act like all like like a civilized person. We all know you're a fucking monster on the inside. <laughs> it's so true. We we know who you are. I mean, you want to try to pretend to be someone you're not, but we know who you are. Fuck you, Shane. That's another reason why you haven't been on the podcast yet. <laughs> oh That's fuck! Good. But. Yeah. What else is going on? Oh, uh, I got <laughs> something to say. I got something. We have we've been we had an we have an interesting follower. You were telling me about this on Instagram that really likes or has been liking all of our podcast posts, and uh, 
Yeah, it's Adam Carolla, like the Adam Carolla. That's awesome. It'd be so awesome to get him on. Yeah. Because, like, you were telling me he's, like, the godfather of podcasts. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like, there was uh, a few years back, some guy, when podcasting really started blowing up, some guy claimed that, you know, right when the internet was being formed, that he came up with the idea of podcasting, like, broadcasting and then putting it out on the internet. So, but his patent, I think he got a patent on it, but it was super vague. It didn't really go into any detail. It was just a really rough idea. So, uh, he tried to take all the major podcasts to court, like Mark Marin and Joe Rogan and Adam Carolla, and sue them pretty much for what a uh, trademark, or well, uh, I don't know what you call it when Copy, you violate a patent. Yeah. Patent. But, um, so Adam Carolla was the one that pretty much, you know, got everybody together and was like, no, we're going to fight this asshole. Like he's not getting anything from us. And they ended up winning as far as I know. And, uh, yeah, so he's kind of, I mean, he does a bunch of them. He does like two or three different ones. I think I'm sure he wasn't a little bitch about it. Like Metallica wasn't just start yeah. whining like, Oh, we're going to make a living. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my money. <laughs> <laughs> You're taking food out of my yeah. kid's mouth. Sad, but true. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> nice. Nothing else matters. <laughs> but yeah, it'd be cool to get Adam on. Man. Yeah, so if you're I'm listening, Adam Corolla, we're calling you out. Yeah, yeah, we're calling you out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is, what's the email? The email is the fabled broadcast at gmail dot com. So that's seriously wh- hit us up. Yeah, anybody really, if you want to be on the podcast, yeah. that's how to get a hold of us. That's how we're going to do all our scheduling from now on. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, the text message thing doesn't really work because really no. only one of us gets the text. and uh, This way we can all see it. Yeah, yeah. And work as a group and do yeah. it all together. Yeah. So that would be really awesome. Uh, so I I know Adam Carolla from The Man Show. The Man and Show. Love yeah. Line. Love Line, yeah. I used to love Love Line. Me too. I did too. Dr. Drew. Yeah, I'm, I miss that so much. Mm-hmm. Dr. Drew's doing, uh, uh, what's he doing now? That's a, uh, it's he like does a that well, teenage he did the celebrity and pregnant re- show. Rehab that's what, what he was doing of, yeah. for a long time. I don't think that's still going on. They had no. too many of those people over OD and then like, yeah. you're not really doing a good job here. Well, buddy. then they had that uh, Julia Roberts brother in there for pot. <laughs> Everybody's like has all these delirium tremors and they're like, you know, throwing up on themselves and he's just sitting back reading the newspaper drinking coffee. <laughs> Pot in the drug yeah. you ever suck dick for coke. Yeah. <laughs> Boo this man. Yeah. <laughs> Boo yeah. this man. Yeah, Bob Saget. He'd be cool to get on the show too. Oh yeah. And there are a lot of people I want to talk to. Yeah. I'd love to get Adam Carolla on. Yeah, I mean I'd I'm love sure to just hear some. uh have him criticize us or compliment us or whatever he want feels like. So Yeah. Yeah. It that's that's cool that he likes that though. I, I thought it was just a like a bot account, you know, like somebody that worked for him who had just started the account for the one of his podcasts or something like that. But uh we you know, we started following him on the Fabled Few Instagram or Fabled Broadcast Instagram and it's him. I mean it's it's him walking around with his phone you know, filming people, taking selfies and stuff like that. So it's I wonder, pretty crazy. I wonder if he's actually listening, like, or if he just likes the post. Because you put funny shit with the posts. Yeah, I mean, I, I really just try to make them like announcements. Mm-hmm. Um, when we release a new one, I try to, 
throw something funny, but like based on the picture. You know, somebody like that, like you're financially set. You don't have like a normal nine to five. How yeah. much actual free time do you have? Yeah. And what are you going to decide to fill it with? Yeah. Hopefully he fills it with the uh, Fable broadcast. Yeah, no kidding. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, it would be. <clears throat> God, because like, they, that'd be crazy, man. Because you hear about like like little projects, little things that start out. I was like, oh, or like like breweries or whatever. It's like, oh, I'm just going to brew for my friends. And then, holy crap, they all like it. And their friends like it. And their friends like, well, I'm going to yeah. start a brewery. Next thing you know, you've got like Sierra Nevada, Lagunitas, uh, the Grapevine Brewery, Deep Ellum. Tito's. You know, Tito's vodka, exactly. Oh yeah, exactly. Tito's. I mean, I, I was mm-hmm. shocked when I went to Hawaii last summer, and there was like Tito's everywhere, and I'm like, "That's insane." How does this happen? Wow, that is insane. And I heard that that guy still does the uh, tours down at the uh, the distillery. Like he just walks around in uh, in shorts and sandals. His dog follows him around, and he's like, "Oh yeah, come on, give the tour." <sighs> yeah, I hope nothing awesome ever like that happens to me because I would not last <laughs> long if I had fuck you money. Oh <laughs> man! Like either. when when you have enough money that nobody can ever tell you what to do ever again. Like I've never done any drugs. I've never even smoked pot. Like I would want to try all of them, <laughs> all <laughs> yeah. of them. And if yeah. you ever got that rich, I'd be so glad I'm your friend. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, within six months, I would be Chris. Farley on the floor. I'm just not. I'm not fat like I used to be. But I mean, that would that would be my fate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's right. in a dirty hotel yeah. room. Yeah, d- dirty hotel room. The hookers walking or out the door. Star like, hotel room. Hey, he's kind of turning purple, and there's like gurgling noises and foam yeah. coming out of his mouth. Yeah. I'm sure he'll walk it off. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like a trooper. Yeah. yeah. It's old not tri- like I haven't old, seen it before. Yeah, yeah. old tricks. He's like, I ain't doing this shit again, bud. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that would be how I would go out if I had that kind of money. Yeah, I've got a, uh, I got a lawyer friend uh, from back in my Boy Scout days. He became an awesome lawyer, and you know. So I, and I went to his wedding, and I was talking to him. I was like, man, I play the lottery. Like, what do I do if I, he goes, Blake, if you ever win the lottery, call me. I'll be your attorney. And I'll just make sure we're both set. I was like, deal. Yeah. He deal. He he goes, he goes, but don't, don't go buy anything until you call me. Don't do anything until you call me. Yeah. Don't. I've heard a lot of, you know, a lot of people, uh, I think it was on some documentary I was watching, but they were talking about lottery winners and like the uh, lottery curse. Yeah, exactly. Like a lot of these people, you know, obviously have a bunch of problems before, but then when they win the lottery and they think oh, all they their problems are going to go away, yeah. it, it's more no. because everybody starts coming out of the woodwork and like relatives that you didn't even know you were related to. Uh, well, you know, a lot got, of people quit their job and they end up losing benefits and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. You've got 90 days to claim your prize. Not, that's three fucking months. So after you win it, uh, don't like take a two week vacation. Don't even talk to anybody. Yeah. Just go somewhere because yeah, they're going to want to interview you. Yeah, for sure. But you can opt out of that. Mm-hmm. You can definitely opt, you can it can be anonymous. All they can do is uh, say where the ticket was bought. They can't yeah. say who bought the ticket. Yeah, but it's not even just limited to, you know, monopoly or monopoly lottery winners. <laughs> I mean, look at all the 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 music artists and the I mean, music artists got to be the worst. I mean, professional oh, athletes yeah. are far behind. But yeah. I mean, I heard the other day MC Hammer's worth one million dollars. And in 1991, he had 30 million dollars he brought in that year. Like, well, yeah. MC Hammer, like he's he's made a, a comeback uh, financially um, because like 
he, uh, from what I understand, and I could be wrong about this, like he made a bunch of money in the early nineties and then blew it all and was working at like a car wash. And then I guess he owns car washes now, or I, I don't know what he does now, but like yeah. he's built that. Or he got vanilla back. ice out there flipping houses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. This, yeah, is, this is not where you should be in your life, son. Well, the thing is like, if you win the lottery and it, like, Get yourself an attorney. Get yourself an accountant. All right, and and those are probably be your two best friends for the rest of your life. Oh yeah, you know, it, it, you know, you want to go blow money and have a good time. Say you win three hundred million dollars, take ten percent of that and then go have fun. But once yeah. that ten percent is gone, come back to reality. Right. You know, and you you got to have friends that like won't let your ego get to your head. Yeah. Like, that's why I would keep, like, you and David, like, so close. I'm not allowed to have any self-esteem around these guys. Like, yeah. you have no fucking idea. You have no fucking idea. I say one thing, and just they, they, they tag-team me, you know? Yeah. Uh, it brings yeah. me down. It's like, you're right. I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I made the mistake the other day. My wife and I were trying to talk about our future and, you know, financial stability and security and all that. And she's like, well, you should just play the lottery if you want to get rich quick. And I'm just like, nah, that's not a good idea. She's like, Why? I was like, well, you know, the likelihood of me winning is so minuscule, like it's not even worth it. And two, I was like, I would like try to hide that money, divorce you, and then like post it <laughs> and make it seem like I won after our divorce. It was just a stroke of luck. And then I'd go get me a trophy wife. And she's like, seriously? I'm like, yeah, that's how money works. <laughs> yeah, that's how money works. <laughs> Whenever you're a guy and you have that kind of money, like yeah. you, you got to- a whole new world. You, you got to detach, get your trophy wife and disappear like yeah. right off in the sunset. Get you, get you that 30-day divorce and then claim your prize. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, yeah. it's kind of, you know, just organically look like, oh, we just happened to get divorced. We aren't. We were having some problems, and then I won the lottery, and everything's fine. <laughs> the first thing your lawyer does is file for divorce for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Before we even cash the ticket, yeah, exactly. We're gonna yeah. get divorced. Yeah, it's when you sit him down. Listen, okay, you're on retainer for the rest of your life. Yeah, like yeah. you're mine. Yeah, Limit client, client privilege here. You yeah. know, you can yeah. never say a word, or I have the money to have you killed. <laughs> Yeah, we had we had that conversation. Did not go well. She was pissed off at me for like three days. <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah, she's like, I could be a trophy wife if I worked out all the time. I was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean that. I mean that's that's one thing that women don't understand. They want to look at the trophy wife and say, you know, it's all about appearance. It's not. It's it's the whole ludicrous thing. You know, a lady on the streets and a freak in the bed. Like, yeah. there's things yeah. trophy wives do behind closed doors that they earn their keep. Yeah. yeah, you know there, there's nope. something else going on there and, and if if i had a trophy wife like that oh she would earn her fucking keys They're like listen <laughs> yeah. bitch you're getting you're getting you know 30 grand a month yeah lick it, <laughs> lick it. no 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 no. i'm not talking about the front yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah there, there's more to the trophy wife than most people want to realize mm-hmm. dude if i had fuck you money i would have personal bathers oh you know how awesome idea. that'd be? Yeah. I'm so rich, I don't even have to wash my old balls. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yes, dude. Live like a fucking king, man. Yeah. Have them waxed every day. Shiny, <laughs> yes. polished. Buffed. <laughs> do, 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 do. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> have have the microdermabrasion done to the tip just so it, it, it gets its youthful appearance again from all the years you've been beating it and trying to strangle it to death. <laughs> 
<laughs> Dave, it's like go to the go to you know um, go to the doctor that does a cosmetic surgery. He's like, you want what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude, make it look good and big. Yeah, it's like Dave Chappelle's got that bit where he talks about bo- botoxing his balls. <laughs> like, he's like, they're smooth as eggs. <laughs> He uh, talks no. up to a woman and he's like, excuse me, miss, do you suck balls? And she's like, oh, I never. And he's like, hold on. Do you suck these balls? <laughs> oh, my gosh. They're smooth as eggs. That's awesome. <laughs> hold on now. Don't jump the gun. I've got a proposition. Yeah. You never seen balls like this. But that'd be crazy to win the lottery, man. I don't play the lottery unless it gets like the cash take home is over a hundred million, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I want a lump sum. I, some I know that's dumb because like you lose like half your money and then it gets taxed. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm all about instant gratification. I really yeah. am. Yeah, I'm I mean, too. I'm too impatient because like I've I've got a fuck you list and I I would immediately just start and just well, fuck you, fuck you, yeah. fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah. want to kill anybody. Yeah. That's what the money's for. So you got to right. hire people to do it. Pay somebody. Yeah, exactly. Wash my hands of it. I don't. I mean, I don't even need like crazy millions. If I somehow had 250,000 land in my lap, like I would just disappear. I would be living on a beach somewhere. The pussy palapa. <laughs> it would be nice just to have like a huge buffer in the bank account like that. Shay, tell us about your pussy palapa idea. This is fucking brilliant. I love this. I love it. Shade is the idea, man. I keep telling Shade and David we need to start our own like corporation. Uh, David is the, is the sales. I'm the face, and Shade is the idea guy. Yeah, well, that'd be awesome. I mean, I feel like I can't go in too much detail. I mean, it's it's graphic, and I mean, my mom <laughs> okay, is, right. my mom is still walking this earth, and I don't want to disappoint her to that level. Like. Okay, okay. <laughs> but, we'll wait on the pussy palapa. It must yeah, be um, good. It, it gets dark real quick. <laughs> it, does. it does. Oh, I like. But that it's word. awesome. Yeah. But it's awesome. Yeah, oh, that's, that's my uh, kind of favorite pastime. Is I've had a lot of jobs where there's a lot of time to sit around and think. So I just like to dream up crazy theories and stupid ideas and yeah they're great ideas <laughs> yeah. they're not stupid some yeah. of them i'm like man that might work <laughs> yeah we should do this wait a second yeah i thought of a name for a sushi restaurant i was gonna i'd call it sake to me <laughs> <laughs> it's like a sake water sake to me that's awesome <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome <clears throat> Hell I yeah. love sake. I do too. I've got too much. Pretty wasted on that stuff before. I got Mr. Chopsticks. What's in a sake bomb? Sake and what? I don't know. I don't know either. My my it's bomb is pretty Bull, much is like run out at Jaeger bombs. Oh, yeah, I, I don't bomb do the either. bombs anymore. Yeah, I don't like being. That's what happens when you get old. Yeah. Well, I mean, like when I start curb your when the alcohol little. starts wearing off and I start getting tired. I just want to be able to go to bed. Like, I just want to lie down and fall asleep. And that's the worst feeling in the world whenever you're tired and your body's just, everything in your body's telling you to lie down and go to sleep. And then you lay down, you put your head on your pillow, and your eyes just spring wide open. And you're just, <laughs> <laughs> your mind is racing a thousand miles an hour. Yeah. And you're just wide awake. 
but well, exhausted man. at the for same one, time. For one, you're too sensitive to caffeine. You haven't like lived off that yeah, stuff like no, I have. Yeah, that's true. I, I yeah, I am pretty conservative. Go on drive the caffeine, a truck so. open road. Yeah, 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 yeah. the road. Yeah, I mean, I used to have that stuff coursing through my veins at any given moment. <laughs> but two, like you're not doing enough of them because you got to get the alcohol to counterbalance that's some of the. That's true. That's probably to me. True. I mean, once I like get too much, like I've. I've basically overdosed on energy drinks at a point in my life where like I just drank energy drinks and I'm like blacked out just from too much caffeine. Yeah. I've done that at at Angelo's coffee shop before. He's, he like, I went in there a couple times. Yeah. And he just, he keeps like, he'll experiment with stuff and he'll just feed it to me while I'm sitting there. And you know, I don't, I don't consume a lot of caffeine uh, for the most part, you know, I drink something in the morning usually, but that's about it. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, he'll, I mean, I'll sit in there and at one point my hands were tingling, I was <laughs> grinding my teeth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was like, I got to stop. Like, this is, I got, really like, outside, I got this weird go sheen of, like, caffeine sweat, you know. Yeah, so second time oh. I ever met David. Oh, nice. First time was very brief. We didn't really talk. He kind of met me and was like, this guy's an asshole, just like everybody else does. <laughs> so the second time I ever met him, we were going over to a buddy's New Year's Eve party, and it, it was kind of lame. It was a tiny little apartment. It was my buddy, David, his girlfriend, and maybe two other guys. And I just like bust in the door like the Kool-Aid man with a gallon of Jaeger and a <laughs> case of Monster Energy, like, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. And over the course of about two and a half hours, I killed three quarters of that gallon of Jaeger and about half that case of Monster by myself. Whoa. That was like the closest I've gotten to alcohol poisoning. And by the, by the morning, I'm just vomiting straight, just brown liquor uh, and bile like it was it was bad but yeah. i got so messed up i mean i was just unabashedly hitting on david's girlfriend and i mean yeah he told me that, that's when david you know really fell in love with me and we became hetero life mates <laughs> it's true <laughs> it's so true oh man that's awesome that is that is that's funny we got to follow this episode up with david we've talked a lot about it we got to bring yeah. david in here definitely All yeah because right. you guys you guys like you you got David on over at the BEK, didn't you? Yeah, I I remember, remember the names, anonymous. Ah, uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever. Everybody knows anyway. Everybody knows where well, it works. They'll figure it out. If I'll they, just they do like five minutes of research. I can figure it yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. But when the, we started talking about people last week and mentioning last names, I was like, well, I was gonna edit all that out, but then I was like, eh, fuck it. Like, We've only got fifty listeners anyway. Exactly. Yeah. I don't yeah. on a good day. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, whatever. So. You know. But we've got to be more careful Corolla. later. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. The only one that matters. It counts as ten. <laughs> and a half. And a half. Ten and a half. <laughs> so if you're listening, Adam. <laughs> yeah. Email us. The Fable Broadcast Please. at gmail.com. That would be awesome. I know. I'd right? shit my pants probably. Dude, Out of joy. You remember, um, remember when uh, what's his name? They were playing in Denton, and they came over, and he played on Kyle Thomas. Uh, yeah, Thomas the memorials. Bridgen. Thomas Pridgen. Yeah. Yeah. Randomly. So okay, we love this drummer. His name's Thomas Pridgen. Amazing drummer. Played with Mars Volta and the Memorials. Uh, he's known for plays gospel with, chops. Uh, like like he plays with Thundercat too. 
That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that was a band because that's awesome. Yeah. Like, he, uh, amazing drummer. Blow your mind. You watch this guy playing and, like, you're watching him do it and you're like, how the hell does he do that? Like, I mean, amazing drummer. Blew yeah. my mind. <clears throat> so, I randomly get a call from Kyle and uh, Billy. They're like, Blake, we're coming over to the house right now and we're going to play drums and it's going to be Thomas Pridge. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah. So he comes over and like pretty much their whole band comes over. And, yeah. It was you know, the whole band. Yeah. yeah. Walks in and, uh, to the, to the jam room. And he looks around. He's like, Holy shit. This jam room's awesome. I'm like, huh? Uh, uh, you're yeah. awesome. You're Mr. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Pridgen. <laughs> like, what can we, I get for you, sir? <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, everybody was trying to like be cool and yeah. not fanboy out. And right. Just relax. And, he came over and played on uh, uh, played on Kyle's drums, and mm-hmm. we're cool, we're all cool, we're cool, we're cool, and they leave, and as soon as we shut the door behind him, all three of us are like, oh my God, it was not my friend, It was really him. Oh, dude, it was one of the most surreal, really cool. coolest experiences that I've, that I've ever had. Cause yeah, like, it was, like, it was I, strange, man. Like, I saw him play with uh, Mars Volta, which was awesome. So, mm-hmm. And then that night, we saw I saw him play... Um, uh, with uh, uh, the memorials, the memorials. Yeah. and in, re- leading up to that, I've been listening to a lot of Mars Volta and listening to him and trying to figure out some of his beats and some of the stuff he was doing. Yeah. So like to watch him come over and like just actually noodle. play. Yeah. Yeah. He just noodled, man. And like I, if I had any sense about me, I would have been like, dude, teach me this beat right here. I can't figure it out. But yeah. you know, I was too like, uh, uh, uh. oh yeah, I know. I couldn't think of anything to say. I was just like, yeah, it was, I'm sure that it was kind of awkward for them. They're like, oh, okay, no, yeah. it's a nice room. Oh, those are cool drums. Well, what there. was funny is like the whole band was there, but they like, they obviously all know that he's like a virtuoso. Oh, yeah. So like we were all standing around him, even there, even the band was watching all, we're all play. standing around him. just watching it. They yeah. were cool too, man. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know any of those guys names. I don't remember any of those guys names, but like, I mean, I was sat there and bullshitted with the bassist for a minute and like, he was cool. I know? actually, the guitar player is, is this guy named Alexander. He, uh, he's friends with some of my guitar playing friends here in Dallas. It's crazy, wow. crazy small world. Yeah. Like, like after they went and hung out, uh, at your place, they, uh, I guess somehow he got in touch with like one of my friends, and my friend was like, "Oh yeah, I know Billy." It's just oh, fucking yeah. crazy how small this world is. It well, it's it's one of those things like when you when you get into like the upper echelons of of certain professions, yeah. like the 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 group does get smaller and smaller and smaller. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's just like working your way up into upper management. There's only going to be so many managers. There's only going to be so many general managers and, yeah. you know, and so on and so forth. Uh, uh, district managers. Um, it, it, I mean, everything is built like a pyramid, you know, for, yeah. for a reason. It's just like uh, in football, from, from peewee football, which everybody plays, to pro football, Pro football is the top 1% of the top 1% of the top 1%. Yeah. You know, like that's literally who makes it like, like the, the best of the best of the best. So, you know, when you start, it's like a big cone. When you start getting it, of course there's going to be a lot more, you know, connections. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's hard to think of it like that because you think, oh man, you know, there's so many musicians out there, you know, but when you think about it on, on the levels, you know, yeah. And then you start talking about like teaching and, and like the teaching structure. I don't know if you know, there's really like a, 
like a teachers, a music teachers guild or anything. But like, oh, yeah, I don't know. You you think there's some sort of community with music teachers where they can bounce stuff off each other? I'm sure, like in colleges, there are. Yeah. You know, so um, like Ed Self. Think of, think about all the great musicians that Ed Self has uh, 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 taught through mm. UNT, you know, and in, in through their their drum program. Yeah. Uh, what's his name for um, Steely Dan? Keith Carlock. Keith Carlock. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, he's one of them. It's awesome. So, yeah. I now, love how we sat through that whole show not knowing it was him until he did that drum solo and they were like, they're like Keith, Carl- Keith Carlock, we were just like, what the fuck? Yeah, well, <laughs> like we, he's a UNT graduate. Yeah. And we were just like, God dang it. We had both like we had had a conversation about it before that night, but it didn't dawn on us. Yeah. Until then. Well, and, and I just kept thinking, I was like, man, this drummer is nailing it. Dude, how about that saxophone player for Steve Winwood? Yeah, that was, that was intense because like they're playing higher love and he would do uh, he do like the high harmony and then he would do that or whatever yeah, the horn section is right after yeah. All yeah. in one breath. Oh, and it then was when, fucking uh, amazing. And then when Steve Winwood would get up and play guitar, he would go sit on Steve Winwood's Hammond organ and play that. Yeah. So he was super talented. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That guy was really talented. That drummer was really good. They're, man, of course, he's playing with Steve Winwood. Yeah. Man. I love that awesome. guy's voice. Yeah. There was a point at that concert where you were you were about to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Steve Winwood playing... Uh, 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 what's that song? Mr. Fantasy. Yeah, Mr. Fantasy uh, came on. <laughs> I was like, there's a break in between songs. It's like, I really have to piss. Yeah, I'll be right I'm back. I'm going. And then, like, he kicks on Mr. Fantasy and Blake. I just, Blake's like, damn it. <laughs> you can't, dude, when you, you, you can't miss that song. That's the most famous Steve Winwood yeah. song, hey, besides man. Higher Love, maybe, yeah. you know. Higher Love's one of my favorite songs yeah. because of the horn section. God. I love that line in Mr. Fantasy where he's like, uh, Play a song, make it snappy. That's yeah. Such a British snappy. thing to say. Yeah. Make it, make it snappy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Steve Winwood. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, I, I was, I've been watching this show on YouTube called uh, Hot Ones. Have y'all seen that? No. It's uh, it's on this channel. Uh, damn it, I don't remember what the name of the channel is, but uh, it's not important. But uh, the the vi- the videos are called hot ones and it's like an interview show but they line up these ten hot wings and oh, they yes! get and they get progressively yes! hotter as you go down it's it's hilarious or some of them are really funny i mean they're all really funny right. but like uh it's it's like he had like uh for example like michael rapaport was on one yeah yeah and you know he's kind of a he's a super cocky guy like that's his whole mo is like you know he's kind of arrogant and cocky and loud yeah and uh, yeah, so he's eating these wings. He gets through like the first four or five, and he's just like, uh, "Is this all you got?" You know, and he's like throwing wings around the studio and stuff, like not, you know, not being affected <laughs> at all by it. And then they get about six or seven in where it starts getting brutal, and uh, <laughs> he's just like, not barely even chewing it. And just like it looks like he's crying. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Chris Elliott, hilarious. Yeah, he was on one. He too. was on it, and by the time he ended it, like he was just drenched in sweat. Yeah. And Joey like, Diaz was on one. Joey too. Diaz, <laughs> I love Joey yeah, Diaz. He's I, so funny, dude, man. I'd love to get him on oh, on God. this yeah. podcast. Cocksuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when he like starts raining. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's reminiscent of like your rants, but. 
There's a ton more swearing, and he's got like this Bronx, like New York, New Jersey yeah. accent in there, and he tra- he gets he gets he, so mad. Yeah. It's hilarious. motherfuckers over here. Get a He's got this like weird Tony Soprano kind of yeah. feel to him, man. And it's he's hilarious, man. Yeah. So, On that hot one, so I mean his shirt was just it's like he it's like he jumped in a pool. Yeah. And like by the end of it, he was just like, look at my fucking shirt. <laughs> <laughs> just soak. I fucking oh. love Joey Diaz. And it's funny, like when he goes on Joe Rogan because like he goes on and gets all worked up, and Joe Rogan just laughs. That's all you can do. You just get it going, man. Yeah. There's a uh, uh, there's also a show on YouTube called uh, This Is Not Happening. Yeah, I've seen that. And too. Joey Diaz is yeah. on that. I sent you a link to one where the guy was talking about uh, uh, fucking this girl, and this chihuahua was trying to get in on the action. <laughs> yeah. That was that show. Um, yeah. It's, uh, what's the comedian's name? Uh, Ari Shafir. Ari Shafir. Yeah, he hosts it. Yeah. yeah. That dude's hilarious too, Ari Shafir. He he went on uh he he uh like in I guess January he left the country mm-hmm. and just traveled around the world for like four months. No cell phone, nobody could get a hold of him. Uh, he just he just went like on a you know they they joking like Joe Rogan and all them jokingly call it like his vision quest. <laughs> but like, uh, that's literally what he did though. Like he just went all around the world. He stayed at like monasteries. And at hostels, cool. and like he went down to like the South, uh, South Pacific, and stuff like that. Uh, but he's back now because he he has to do that. This is not happening show, yeah. and you know everybody was like starting to freak out because they, they couldn't get a hold in of him. The L.A. strip club, like they yeah. shut down the strip club, you know, one night, a Tuesday night, or whatever, and then they have all these comedians. It's, it's, it's a awesome. great show, man. Yeah, the Joey Diaz story was hilarious about the like the fire alarm, or that might have been the Joe Rogan story. But about the, f- oh, the no. fire alarm. Yeah, and in the Joey hotel. Diaz was there. Yeah. <laughs> and like a <laughs> Joey they, every, Diaz. Like every, yeah, yeah, it was Joey. He used Rogan the elevator. Yeah, he used the like, elevator. Fuck those stairs. <laughs> well, like a, yeah, they were using the, the fire escape and like Joe Rogan was like, you know, I didn't know what was going on and you know, everybody's he's like, Everybody's on ambient and they're all walking around like zombies and and he's like, So we finally get out there. And Joey Diaz is already outside and he's smoking a joint. <laughs> and they're like, how'd you get down here? And he's like, I took the elevator yeah. like a doctor. <laughs> God, oh, I fucking love that. Like a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Joey Diaz at the improv years ago and I didn't yeah. realize the comedy goal that I was watching at that point in time. Well, he was man. really fucked up back then too. Like, yeah. He was like really bad off on coke and. Well, he was. He kept saying he had a cold. He had a cold. And yeah. Like, Sarah worked there at that point in time, and she's like, "Yeah, that's not his allergies. He's, yeah. It's not a. It's not a cold. You know." Nah, he 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 doesn't uh, he doesn't shy away from telling those stories either. No. <laughs> he's got some. He's probably one of the best storytellers. Well, yeah. see, I don't know. Is he better than Bert Kreitschner? Now that is yeah, a storytelling. That, uh, that machine story. That yeah. That. That, uh, What's that? I don't know who Burt Kreitschner is. Yeah, you uh, do. Burt Kreitschner. Yeah, he uh, he's you've probably seen him. He's uh, he was on the Travel Channel for a long time. He's got like a big beard. He's kind of uh, he's a bigger guy. I'd probably recognize him if I saw him. Yeah, then. he's he's really funny. He's super goofy, but he does like all his sh- all his uh, sets with his shirt off, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's kind of a recent development. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Burt Kreitschner is an excellent storyteller. Yeah, he has a. Uh, a story, uh, 
How do you spell I mean, his the, last name? Oh, it's uh, oh, right there, third down. Because yeah. I'm wanting to say, like, he went to college in, like, Florida State. Yeah. And whenever, I think it was, like, Playboy or somebody was doing, like, biggest party school ratings and stuff. Like, they had to do a feature on this guy. Yeah. Like, he was he's Was he crazy. on Impractical Jokers? I don't think so. I don't think so. I know I played this for you when we were rolling on Fridays together. I about him in the machine. Yamashino. Yeah, like it's know. Russia, right? Where he was. Yeah, he went. Yeah. He went. He was. He was supposed to take like oh, French yes. or something like that. Ended up in a Russian class, and then yes. they go to Russia. And yes. I mean, he ends up partying with all these like really bad they, gangsters. And they, and they stuff. call him the machine. Yeah, David well, and I were talking about this the other day. Yeah, yes. I, didn't, yeah. I didn't realize uh, that's who this was. No, Bert Kreischer is awesome. Yeah, he is awesome. Him and uh, that comedian like Tom Tony Segura. Robbins right there. Him and that comedian Tom Segura. I don't think actually that's, lost that's a bunch not of him. I don't think. No, that's Rich Voss. Yeah. I saw Rich oh, Voss live uh, in 2002 like at the Caroline's Comedy Club in uh, New York City. Uh, he was the MC that night. The headliner was David Allen Greer from In Living Color, you know? Yeah. And uh, Patrice O'Neill was on the bill, which was freaking <laughs> awesome. He with his shirt off doing stand-up. It's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, he takes pictures with fans, just all sweaty with his <laughs> shirt <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah there's a couple uh don't be small yeah yeah <laughs> he's, just, he's an animal dude he's yeah. an absolute animal he's doing yeah. like okay we're looking at a picture of this guy looks like he's on a radio station preston in something yeah. and he's in a camouflage speedo and a ball cap <laughs> yeah. there's a look radio at the, studio. that's awesome pull up a picture of the uh uh just like the joe if you type in like joe rogan uh, and Burt Kreischer, there should be pictures of like they, him and this comedian named Tom Segura like fat shamed each other for like three months. Yeah, they, and then they, they had, had to have they a had like a weight loss competition. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And uh, yeah, some of the pictures from that are pretty funny because uh, you know they, yeah, yeah, they both ended up losing a bunch of weight. Like that guy Tom Segura almost lost like ninety pounds or something. Pussy. But like, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, was, wait, part of the you, bet you was uh, Burt Kreischer had to shave, or or, or Tom. That was weird. Uh, Tom Segura got had to sh- uh, shave Burt's beard off, and he ended up just leaving. See that top left picture? He ended up just leaving <laughs> that creepy mustache on. Him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's funny. Yeah, that was that was good. Yeah, they actually did a really good. You can go on YouTube. Um, they were doing election coverage, and it was just a bunch of comedians. And they tried to get yes. smart with with Bill Burr. Yes. Like, oh yeah. One of the I ladies did. Yeah, 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 yeah. She. Tried. Yeah, he destroyed her, man. Yes. That was brutal. I love Bill Burr. Yeah. Yes. Love that guy, dude. Uh, his his Philadelphia rant was oh. amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's counting down the minutes. He's like, I got twelve minutes left of yeah. this shit. Yeah. You brought it on yourself, <laughs> you fucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you know what? At one point, he's like, you know what? I just wish I had a gun. I would just bring it out here and I'd just start shooting all you motherfuckers in the front row. <laughs> it's just like, it, like it gets to the point where it's barely even funny anymore. Yeah. But like he just, it's a crazy how he just, he wins them all over at the end. And like he literally just shit on them for 15 minutes straight. The way he won them over, because uh, you and I listened to an interview that he did with, um, uh, what's the other guy's name? I can see his face. Mark Maron? No. no. Uh, Doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll think about it. Oh, Jim Norton. Jim Norton. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, he was talking about he won them over from his sports knowledge because he knew all their teams. He knew how crappy their teams were, and he knew players on their teams. So he would he would pick a team, talk shit, you know, talk shit about a player yeah. and his stats, and then move on. And yeah. everybody in Philadelphia is really big into their sports there. So yeah. the, the, even though he was talking shit to them, he kind of won them over like that. Yeah, because he knew a lot about it. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. And then he was he was also talking about like his neck, like he left. And um, he left the stage. He was pissed off. And Jim Norton came out. And it was just like clean slate. He just Jim Norton did his thing and, yeah, yeah. and killed it. He didn't have to talk shit or anything. But the the next show, uh, uh, Bill Burr, like he went out and people immediately started booing him. Like that was his new thing. Yeah. And so he he went and did his show, and they went backstage, and he was so pissed off. Because yeah. he's like, I'm not going to be that guy. Yeah, I'm I don't want to be the boo guy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm ready to quit comedy and move on to something else if this yeah. is the way it's going to be. And like, you know, finally, you know, he broke that. I think after a few shows. Yeah, but you mm -hmm. kind of have to put that in context. Like in Philadelphia, I mean, they're throwing snowball batteries at Santa Claus, and oh I mean, they, yeah, they boo everybody. Oh yeah, like it's you're, that's there's nothing special about that. You got to learn how to take that in stride. Though. Yeah, he yeah. nails them. But there's the, one point where he's talking about their. Uh, Rocky Balboa statue. He's like, <laughs> yeah. he's like, you stupid racist fucks. Joe Frazier, one of the greatest boxers of all time, is from Philadelphia, and you put a fucking fictional character on me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because you don't want to put up a statue of a black guy. Yeah, I God, mean, he it was, nails him. He, like, he yeah. does, man. He lays into him. But uh, the way he handled it, I think people were wanting that to happen in their city as well. Right. Yeah. You they know? wanted to be he, part of he the took magic. It to a, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And he didn't want to do that in every city because that's not, that's not his thing. Yeah. He does a really good bit about like great men who uh, <laughs> yeah. are, are broken by money grubbing whores. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talks about Arnold Schwarzenegger and like, he's like, he was a governor. He was Mr. Olympia. Yeah. He was a movie star. Well, it's like, yeah, he's like, he, yeah, this guy, a great fucking this man. guy was a, uh, you know, an Austrian man who moved to this country and became famous for lifting weights, decided I'm going to become governor, did that. And yeah. And he's describing yeah. how great he is. And then like, yeah, the maid fucks him yeah. <laughs> just because he wants to fuck a man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> money yeah. growing whore. He talks about, uh, he talks about Kobe and his divorce. Yeah. He goes, think she's ever hit a layup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is she or does she deserve the $30 million? <laughs> God, <laughs> it's hilarious. Just what he's, I have, I don't have the delivery like he does. I oh yeah. I did. Nobody does. Man. No, it's, it's, he, it's he's at the point now to where like almost anything that comes out of his mouth is funny. Yeah. Well, it, a lot of that too is like, that's the image of him too. People are expecting that. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Speaking of stand up, when are you going to do stand up again, Billy? Uh, I don't know. Uh, sometime soon. I haven't really <laughs> planned it. I, I, I've got a, um, I think I said last time we talked about this, I was just going to go up there and wing it. So yeah. I still have yet to try that, but yeah, yeah, I, I just, uh, I mean, it's usually on Sundays when I can do it. So. Yeah. David and I have been trying to talk shade into doing it. It's, it's fun when you get a laugh. It's freaking terrifying when you don't like uh well yeah. i wouldn't say terrifying but uh it's a different kind of silence when you're expecting 
a certain thing and yeah. what you get is silence in return you're just like wow did i that's where that you know this whole is is this thing on yeah because yeah. that's what it feels like it's like did you guys not hear that or, yeah, yeah it's brutal sometimes but yeah. that's fucking funny yeah, assholes. yeah. It's like oh shit i mean i thought it was funny but most of the time if if you do miss something like that it's just because uh i think chris rock said it you know if if people aren't laughing it's most of the time it's just because you didn't explain the premise well enough so so if it's a funny premise it's a funny premise but you could just say it and it's maybe not as funny because you didn't explain your point of view you know of why you think it's funny and why they yeah. should you know so but yeah uh i'll probably do it soon i'm not sure i haven't really planned it but the uh, honestly last time i did it uh it made me realize that i need to work a little bit more because i bond like a motherfucker yeah, I mean, I've I've thought about that. Like, I would love to do it, but I know I have a lot to work on on delivery. Like, my delivery method is not always great. Like, I don't have, like, a great set of pipes like Billy here that, you know, it, yeah. it comes out sounding smooth. You know, it, it it's, you know, nails on a chalkboard trying to make that sound funny goes a little, you know, it's a little harder to make that go over. But he said it's all about the premise. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I get that. But, I mean, to me, I think, you know, what you really got to do is you got to take it slow and you really got to study like you yeah. gotta really watch other comedians and and if you're gonna go and do like an open mic you need to go sit in three or four of those open mics to feel what the room really feels like oh, if yeah. that's where you're gonna start yeah. from that's the market research yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i've thought point. about it i mean there's a bar not long from here or not far from here on monday nights they have a complete comedy open mic that's yeah. just comedy it's not you know some 17 year old girl no, who's aspiring to be a singer to go, yeah. yeah you were talking about that there's no like 17 year old girl who's aspiring to be a country singer getting on and then you got to follow that yeah that's like so it's brutal. it's just a comedy room it's some set up. kid that like gets up there and kills it and yeah. no one wants to go on after because she has the cute aspect also yeah, yeah fuck that and then you just get up there and you're like so uh, netflix is weird right <laughs> <laughs> you just completely it's a you know it's like going walking into a nightclub and putting on your own cd <laughs> <laughs> well and i'm just in, i'm in a really uh, weird spot right now I'm in a really weird spot right now. You know, I've just been focusing on getting healthy and losing weight. And like, I mean, we can go into all that if you want to, but I mean, that's been just kind of a crazy experience, but it's, it's changed my whole personality. Like a lot of, you know, what I thought was funny and came across as funny was me, you know, trying to fit in and please people, which I don't have near as much as that anymore. And it was like this deep seated anger that I've been carrying around because I was labeled the fat kid ever since third grade, yeah. you know? And so it, I had some of that, you know, that cerebral, you know, rage, you know, rant kind of comedy. And I don't know how much that is still left. You know, I'm right. just, I'm, I'm trying to be, you know, a less stressed, more Zen kind of person, philosophical, introspective, you know, and that doesn't yeah. play well when you're. You know, what you know is just ranting about things and just, you know, being dark. You know, I don't know yeah. how well, you know, my kind of comedy that I, you know, like how that goes over at an open mic but, when you go as dark as uh, I do. But that's what tricky, I appreciate. Yeah. But, but you can, you can gear your comedy or steer your comedy in different ways. You've got, uh, you're, you're very clever with your words and you're very intelligent. So you can make 
things sound funny that aren't normally funny. That's that's a talent. Like not a lot of people are born with that. I think that comes really natural for you, and I think David sees that too. And I think that's why we want to get you, you know, in front of a mic, or at least right for Billy. That'd be, I mean, that'd be yeah. a shit. Yeah, I mean, and I was telling you this that, like, I mean, I think that you know we need. To, I need more friends. I know I do need that, but. I mean, I would like to f- find some friends that are interested in comedy, and we have just basically our little troop where we can bounce yeah. ideas off each other. We can yeah. work together. Like, I mean, that would be awesome. I mean, I, I don't think that I'm going to break in and become, you know, Bill Burr when I'm starting at, you know, yeah, yeah. 34 years old. No. You know, and and Kevin Hart, he's got it, he's got a group of guys that he bounces stuff off of. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, and and Chris I think Rock a, does that too. Yeah, I think a lot of the 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 big guys like, I think they're just the face of it, and it's like you said, it's like a group, it's like a team. Everybody looks at us like, oh, he's got his posse with him. Like, yeah. no, it's the comedy team that's going along. All the and all the comedy troops over the years are the ones that that like really stand out. Uh, National Lampoons, right? Um, Monty Python. Monty Python. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 kids in the Hall. Uh, 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 the whitest kids you know. Yeah, they had some great yeah. stuff Upright that was Citizens really under, Upright really Citizens under, Brigade. Exactly. But that's that's sketch comedy though. I mean, yeah. I, I guess you know, there's a lot of you know comedians. They have you know they either do it completely solo. Or but, they have some guys way behind the scenes that yeah. Well, that, Cheech and Chong um, translated that sketch comedy to the stage because they were part of a comedy troupe also, and and they translated that to the stage and to the cinema 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 cinema. It's comedy and it's funny. Yeah, yeah, but just my appreciation of comedy. I like. I don't know where it's going because I I I really enjoy just just dark comedy that just goes, too, it Me goes too. it goes weird places but i mean right now you've just got these battles of free speech and and political correctness and yeah. that's why we need the dark comedy right now that's why we need you know people to be offended so you can say listen it's it's my right to say this whether you like it or not you don't have to listen to it it's your right to not listen yeah, yeah. That it, that's one of the biggest things that and i'm not i don't want to get on a political rant but that's one of the biggest things that that you know, that I see today is the issue is like, everyone's like, well, that's hate speech. Well, hate speech is still free speech. Yeah. You might not like it. And that person might be a complete fucking asshole bigot. Yeah. But in this country, they can still say that. Yeah. You know, you listening and arguing with them is giving what the, what they say credence and giving mm-hmm. them attention. If you don't want that person to that or that mentality to flourish, stop listening to them. Yeah. Walk the fuck away. Just let their words speak. Yeah. Jim Norton explained it like this. He's like, the, the reason why comedy is here is to help us laugh at things and get through things and bring things to the forefront. If we're not allowed to talk about things that make you uncomfortable, you're automatically shutting yourself off to healing that part. Yeah. Yes, molestation happens. Yes, it happens at a young age. If we can't bring that to the forefront and, like you said, make you think about it and laugh about it, you know, then. You're not even trying to solve the problem. Yeah. Comedy's yeah. here. To, it, comics take shithole experiences and make it funny because it's a coping mechanism. It helps people deal with it. Yeah. And if we can't fucking laugh, then that whole laughter is the best medicine is bullshit. Yeah. It's fucking bullshit. And if you if you start censoring comics, then free speech is literally dead. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that's... Uh 
especially now with you know the political things happening yeah you know we need comedy more than ever yeah, yeah. i mean i went oh, through absolutely. some tough times in my life and i mean i had to get to a point as just as a coping mechanism that m- just in my mind make things that were making me angry so ridiculous to the point that i you know i had no other choice but to laugh at them yeah, yeah. you know and and sometimes you know you find yourself in a place where i mean that's that's all you got you know, yeah. and it, you know, you have to get it to the point to where it's ridiculous that you laugh at it and it no longer bothers you. Yeah. yeah. Just change the emotion. You know, when you think about it, it it's, you know, kind of makes you giggle instead of yeah, you down in the dumps. Redirect the energy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not a doctor. I didn't go to medical school. I, I cleaned the Whatever. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, Let's we go. Get to keep doing. So, tell us. Okay, so you lost a ton of weight. Was that the change? the The diet was. What was the initial change that started you on this journey? You talked about a little change. Well, I mean, what what really actually kicked it off is uh, I've known for a long time that I was unhealthy. Like I've been taking blood pressure medication on and off for the last ten years, and you know, I knew that I was heading for a bad place and I never wanted to be one of those people that got in good shape for vanity reasons. Cause I mean, to me, it always seemed pointless. Like who cares if you got a six pack when you're 30 years old? Cause everybody ends up fat and miserable when they're in their sixties and seventies, like it's fleeting. And even if you weren't, you know, able to maintain a healthy weight, you usually turn into a shriveled up old person that smells like old people because that smells actually them decaying before they actually die you know that's 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 the end well that's what i like to say it is (laughs) you know me and my theories i I thought it was just patchouli (laughs) no that old people smell all have the same smell because that's your body decaying before you actually die and i actually learned there's some scientific truth for that a little bit but Anywho, like, you know, it doesn't matter how good a shape and how good you look when you're younger, you know, you're, everybody ends up the same. So I never was big on that. I used to joke that, you know, 5% of the people work out to get healthy. The other 95% work out, you know, just so they look better naked. You know, that was always kind of my tagline, but you know, it, I knew I was unhealthy and I knew I needed to lose weight. And about four or five years ago, my mom did a you know, juice fast and she was shooting for 60 days and she, she fell a little short hit about 45 days, but I think she lost like 35, 40 pounds in those nice. 45 days. You know, when I was, I was just surfing around on the chive app and you know, they were doing a whole bunch of those postings of people that, you know, recently lost a lot of weight and changed their life. And I was just like, well, I know this way works. So I'm just going to do a juice fast shoot for 30 days. Well, it was, I want to do at least two weeks. Because when my mom did hers, I tried it for like two and a half days. I was like, enough this shit. There's actually work involved in this. This isn't, this isn't the easiest thing to do. So I was just like, you know what? It's not impossible. There's too many people doing it that it's not impossible. I just have to do it. So, you know, I just surfing that app. And I was just like, all right, tomorrow I'm doing this. I'm jumping in full force. And that's that's the thing about everything that you want to change uh, like physically like if you're working out uh, a juice fast any sort of diet like the that your body is calling for or you want to you want to do to your body you just have to do it yeah. that's how it works you do it yeah mm-hmm. i didn't even completely do my homework before it started i just i gotta start somewhere 
you yeah. know, and I'll I'll jump in and figure out what I'm doing wrong, and then I'll fix it. I mean, I actually bought some stuff that I actually found out like right away that no, nah, I shouldn't be using this in correlation. Like, yeah, you oh, yeah. know, so, I mean, I had to throw that away and be like, no, nope, that's, that's not how we're going to do this. But I just had to make up, you just have to make up your mind. You have to be ready to make up your mind. And that's, that's the point that a lot of people can't ever get to because you have to really look at yourself and say, yeah, this is, this has got to change. And so I just, I mean, I just like, there's too many people doing this to make it impossible. I just got to do it. So I just jumped in and started doing it. My first goal was minimum two weeks, but I'd like to make 30 and then once I started getting that th- closer to that 30 range, I was like, this really isn't that hard. It's really not. So, you know, if I can do 30, I can do 60. So I did a full 60-day juice fast. You know, awesome. and that's making your own juice. It's 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 a lot of work. Like, like yeah. what do you mean, like, like make your own juice? Would you make it for the day in one sitting? Would you, it, I mean, um, what it, do you mean juice? You, like, you just put stuff in a blender or? No, I mean, when I, I actually had a juicer from... You know, a couple of years ago when I did it for two and a half days. So, and it, it extracts like apple juice out of apples, orange juice yeah. out of orange juice. Okay. Yeah. And really the ideal, you know, the people that say, that, you know, you should do this. The ideal is you're trying to get 80% vegetables and only 20% fruit to try to make sure you keep, a, you know, a balance because you'll be adding in the sugar without having the fiber. Right, so yeah, not right. having the fiber with it, you know, can, can be pretty bad for you. So. You know, in the morning I would do something fairly sweet because I would have to get myself, you know, jacked up for, you know, this is, this is what we're doing today. We're juicing. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and it kind of varied like, um, I would, I would do, you know, one day at a time and then I got a better and different juicer and I would be doing two days at a time. And there for a little while, my wife's like, finally like, all right, I'm in, this is working for you. Cool. So I was juicing for me and her. She actually only ended up lasting like 10 days, but it's it's amazing how much gets accomplished in 10 days because I was juicing for her and myself. And I mean, there's so much, you know, produce that's involved when you're making juices like, you know, at Costco, they have these big bags. That's a mixture of baby kale, spinach and chard. I was using for just me for the day, three quarters of one of those bags. I was wow. using two cucumbers. I was using about three or four apples carrots i mean it was it was a ton of stuff being fed through this juicer just to bake the juice so is it three times you you juice three times a day or is it Um, six times a day are there different there's really no rhyme or reason to it i mean with the juicing they say you know you got to be careful that you're not doing so little that you send your body into starvation mode but i mean i've kind of learned that that's you know there wasn't as much information about the juicing out there that there is that I've learned later about water fast and actually just the last six days water fasted, which that's a whole new ball game. But, uh, I mean, I did see some of the same benefits cause I actually went and got blood test after I got done with my 60 days, but my wife did it for 10 and one morning she ended up getting sick. Like I made some juice that was mainly just straight green apple and she has some sensitivities for some fruits for some reason. Like mm. she can't eat kiwis, bananas, like they just oh. make her sick. I love is kiwi. It, I love banana too. Is it is it because of like a, too much potassium, too much of a certain vitamin or something? I, I, I don't know. Fructose? The only thing that I can really point to is that they all seem to be, you know, fruits that have tiny little seeds in them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's the seeds that throw her off because most of that shouldn't come through in the juice because I mean it's got a tiny little strainer basket that it actually shoots the the liquid through. But 
She's just sensitive to some fruits. We hadn't been able to figure it it's out. It's probably, if it's like a tiny seed, there's probably some sort of enzyme that makes them have the tiny seeds or some yeah. sort of something in the, the fruit process. Yeah. She, can't, she can't handle kiwis or bananas. God, I, mean, that's, I love both those yeah. fruits. But uh, she just did it for 10 days. She got sick and she was at work and she's just like, I feel sick. I have to eat something. So she, she grabbed a garlic knot and she's like, the second that hit my tongue, like she's like the, the oil coated the inside of her mouth and she could not stand the feel of it. Like hated the feel of garlic of the, of the, of the oil. Oh, okay. I mean, that's one thing. Like whenever you do a juice fast in particular, it completely reboots your taste buds. Like there's so much stuff I eat now that I could not stand the taste of it before. Yeah. And I just don't crave some of the food that I used to just, I mean, everything I eat is super, super clean. Like it's just completely changed what I eat, how I eat, you know, and that was through some research later. Cause, um, there's actually a really good documentary that, you know, if you're kind of interested in it, it's called fat, sick and nearly dead. This guy named Joe cross. He actually, he was about 320 pounds and he had an autoimmune disease. Like you go to shake his hand and it, it, you know, fires off his autoimmune system and get these blotchy red, just Whoa. painful wow. things all over his, his body. And he got to the point where he's just on all kinds of medication. Excuse me. He's trying sweat lodges. I mean, you name it. He's tried Wits it. In, man. That's and he's just, is. he's got to the point. He's like this. I'm a, I'm a heart attack away from a hamburger. I, I got to consider the drastic. Yeah. So America was always his second home. So he came over here and he spent the first 30 days in New York City just juicing. And then the next 30 days, he went all across the country just talking to people about health and, you know, what, you know, they perceive of it. And he worked with one of the whole food plant based doctors, uh, Dr. Joel Furman, which he's all about micro micronutrients. So that's kind of the theory behind this is that you're fasting, but yet still getting the micronutrients that are that are really important for health. So. That was, that was the theory behind it. And, uh, so my wife did it for 10 days and she got sick, tried a garlic knot, couldn't stand the, the feeling of the oil on, in her mouth. Yeah. And, uh, she actually, I think next day, two days later, she tried to eat a pizza and she's like, the cheese just smells like vomit oh, and no. just tastes gross. <laughs> like she's like, I, I can't, I can't eat that anymore. So she's actually gotten on to where, I mean, she's only eaten once a day. She's not um eating any animal products for the most part i mean she's still every once in a while she'll she works at bj's so she you know has to have a pazuki like that's kind of yeah. almost a rule whenever you go in there because they're so fucking I, I had to try a bite the other day and i liked it at first but i didn't like the aftertaste in my mouth like couldn't stand it because it's so rich yeah i mean there, i can tell that there's oily animal fat like yeah i'm I went out with brunch with David the other day and I got some sweet potato mash or something like that. And I could just tell there was a bunch of butter in it. Just yeah. not wow, appealing to me. Not appealing yeah. at all. Yeah. And awesome. it's just, it completely, yeah, it is good. completely resets your, te- resets your taste buds. So when you, when you start eating clean, no matter the diet, when you start eating clean, that's, that's how it is, man. It's amazing when you take out preservatives from your diet, mm-hmm. when you take out like a, when you limit your sugars and, yeah. and stuff like that, like it, it really is amazing. You know, it's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. awesome. So, yeah, I, I mean, it was tough, but I made it the last 60 days and I really didn't struggle with much hunger or anything like that until around the 30 day mark. I had about four or five days where I kind of plateaued from very day one through about the first two weeks. I was consistently losing two pounds a day. 
Wow. I mean, it was wow. it was like clockwork. I could step on the scale. Every day I was losing two pounds. Kind of plateaued four or five days. I wasn't losing anything. And then the remainder, I was losing about a pound a day. And uh, after that, kind of that tail end, like I would have some times where, I mean, my wife's eating pizza in front of me. And it's not bothered me. And then all of a sudden, you know, I would just for five minutes, I'm just, my mind is just mentally freaking out. Like we have got to eat now. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, once that would pass, I mean, I could go three or four days without really thinking about You eating. know what that is? That's a food addiction. That's yeah. exactly what that is. Yeah. I, I, I mean, cause like a lot of people are addicted to food and to yeah. eating. It's a comfort. Like, yeah. like, I mean, most of the food we eat is comfort food, all the greasy shit, all the sugary shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's a lot of working through that is working through that addiction because you said it was in your mind. It wasn't your stomach saying that it was your head saying yeah. we got to eat now. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. I, I, I never, I, it didn't occur to me till right now that, that yeah. that would happen during that process. So yeah, I made it through my 60 days on, you know, 60 days, I lost 72 pounds. And at that point, you know, I, I still didn't even appreciate the fasting for the sake of the fasting. You know, it, I was making more of a deal about it in my mind than it actually was because, um, I, I'll go into him later, but I did the juice fast. I got through it and I feel like, yes, I survived this. And then I started eating, you know, right away, like first meal, I basically seven pounds went back on my body and I'm like, what did I do? I did something wrong. (laughs) So, you know, it, I, I, there's another documentary that I really picked up strongly and it was called uh, forks over knives. And it's it's based on a lot of these doctors that, for the last 40 years, they've basically figured out like, you know, there's a lot of factors. Like if you stay away from animal based foods is like, it tends to point you in a good direction. And there's a lot of reasons behind that. I mean, if you want to go into it, I've actually done the research to figure out, you know, why in the meat versus no meat. But I mean, what a lot of people don't realize is like, they're like their own branch and they don't like being identified as, as vegans because You've got your vegetarians who, you know, they think that, all right, well, eating a plant, uh, mostly plant-based diet is probably the best, but I can define it any way I want. If I want cheese, I'll eat cheese. You know, it's just vegetarian. It's like, I feel like this is a healthier way of living. It's the way I'm going to live. And so you can define it any way you want. And then you got vegans and vegans, they've made the choice that they feel like doing this to animals and to your body, you know, is not right. And so they, they've made this choice, but at the same time, they tend to eat a lot of processed foods. You know, you know, they don't limit oils and you can take vegetables and dump sugars and fats on them. And they're not really any healthier. You know, you can go out and find lots of fat vegans if you want to. Oh yeah. (laughs) But, uh, the guys in forks over knives is like, you know, it's, it's the food, you know, you gotta have good food in its natural form. Like, even olive oil forks over knives yes forks over it knives. took me a second but i got it now i <laughs> yeah. get it fork over a scalpel yeah that's, that's kind of their logo but uh, I, I mean get it. even even people with oil like it's it's such a distilled down it's not a natural thing and so i mean just one thing is you take olive oils you can eat olives all day long but they've got the fiber that's good for the digestion they also got the volume of the olive But I was looking the other, you know, a couple weeks ago, we use olive oil in in one of the, in the bakery I was working at for about two and a half months. I mean, one tablespoon of olive oil has 14 grams of fat. Like you might as well just eat a steak. I mean, you would come out ahead at that point. Wow. Like olive oil. I mean, everybody's like, no, it's so good for you. And it's no, it's just nothing but distilled down fat without any of the 
the the fiber the volume that you need to to digest it properly it's a yeah, it's a distilled down yeah. food yeah i didn't even i didn't even think about that so i mean it's 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 one of those things like you try to stay away from you know oils as much as you possibly can because it's 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 distilled yeah is is that the same thing with like the vegetable oil yeah I mean, you want to try to limit all, and it's, it's kind of weird. Like you can adapt in much different ways. Like, all right. So you got the vegans and then you got this group of what they call whole food plant-based diets. So they want as much of the whole food in its original form, you know, cause they want you to eat food and not food like products right. that have been processed. Not you know, processed you need, food, yeah. you need every bit of fiber. I mean, you're, you have a microbiome inside your body. Yeah that that regulates your gut and everything and that microbiome is probably the most important thing we have and it thrives mostly off of fiber and it it keeps down the the inflammation that ultimately you know can lead to a lot of the effects of aging so it's not about extending your life and trying to live to 200 but it's trying to extend your health span so it's not quantity. It's or yeah, it's not quantity. It's quality. Yeah. So right. you're you're still pimping at ninety five. You know right. you're not. Yeah. yeah. You know <laughs> you you want you don't want to be a crippled old guy in a in a uh, nursing home when you're ninety years old. You want to expand, extend your health span. Yeah. You know that's the most important thing. You don't really have any control over your lifespan, mm-hmm. but you can definitely improve your health span. Mm-hmm. And uh, so. There's even kind of a, a chasm in between those people. I mean, you've got Joel Furman on the right, who's all about micronutrients and, you know, as much broccoli and kale you can shove into your system is got to be the best way to go. And then a lot of the other guys kind of are just inside him or kind of right down the middle. And then to the other guy, he's basically the whole food plant-based uh, paleo guy. Mm. And he really preaches... Um, starches he's, he says 70 to 90 percent of your diet should come from starches interesting yeah, and is. and he actually explained it that he became a doctor he went and did his residency and found himself down in hawaii and he was working on a sugar plantation and so all the the older generation people that had migrated from japan living basically off of rice and a few starchy vegetables they were in perfect health never had any problems and then they'd bring their kids in and their kids were a little sicker. And then by the time their grandkids got in, they were even sicker and they were, you know, fat, just like the, you know, the typical American was because they had, you know, abandoned the traditional diet, you mm-hmm. know, and they had gone on. And when you really look at a lot of the blue zones, which are the areas of the world where, you know, people live the longest, I mean, they're living almost off of nothing but, you know, starches and legumes. And if you start tracing back through history, most of the most of the great civilizations of the world have, have lived off of a starch-based diet. And, Interesting. And, and it's, you know, we've just equated that potatoes and, and rice and quinoa equal sugar and sugar is bad, but they have all the delivery mechanism to be a lot of energy in the right package that we can digest properly. Yeah. And he yeah. says, I mean, if you really want to look at it from the paleo side, one of his arguments is that, you know, you can say, go out and dig an archaeological site, you know, near where, you know, a caveman would have lived and you find some bones. But you're like, well, that must be mostly what they lived off of. But when you get down and you actually dig between their teeth, he said they've actually found cooked starches in between their teeth. You know, and he's oh, like, there you go. You can almost, you know, say that, you know, a lot of it comes back to, you know, the stories told around the campfire where, you know, of the men going off on the hunt and killing something, dragging it back home. But, you know, they really had to rely on the, the, 
the older folks and the women and the children going out and gathering. Yeah. I mean, you can see oh, that yeah. now, like watch a couple episodes of naked and afraid. Yeah. You know, we don't know how to live, you know, like we used to not that mm. long ago. Like you stick people out in the wild and they're like, I got to go find something and kill it and eat it. I need all the protein. But I mean, what really sustained us were going out and finding a lot of these starchy vegetables and starches. Cause they're, they're, you know, the real power net mechanism that used to fuel us. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what most civilizations that survive lived off of. I mean, you can find some outliers like Eskimos, right. but their environment completely. Yeah. Not yeah, a lot of plants. And, and their society was a yeah. lot smaller too. Like, yeah. you know, like their tribes were a lot smaller. You didn't have like, you know, I, I mean, I don't know the numbers, but yeah. like yeah. when I think Eskimos, I think of like a small family unit. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that, and he argues that, that I mean, wrong. from an evolutionary standpoint, that's the one thing that actually differentiates us from the gorillas and the apes is we actually have the ability to digest starches. And he said they actually recently discovered you actually have a taste bud on your tongue that is there just to taste starch. And cool. and so it's it's wow. It's one of those things like I've really evolution. got evolution. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, he's kind of a. <laughs> a paleo from the whole food plant-based side. You know, a lot of people are kind of following with him, you know, I'm kind of teetering back and forth and kind of falling down the middle. You know, they both have, you know, good things. And mm -hmm. that's one of the things you can kind of, you know, eat all the micronutrient rich foods because all of them are so calorie poor. There's not, a, there's almost no calories in them, but there's, mm -hmm. you know, good nutrients. You just don't want to go too crazy to where you, you know, you're over nutrient yourself. Right, right. And then that follows into now, you know, some of the, the research into, um, water fasting and prolonged fasting and, and, you know, splitting up. I mean, we're, we were never designed to eat three meals a day, you know, right. that weren't designed to eat six meals a day. When you go to bed at night, your brain kind of switches its wave patterns at rest. It, it does all that. Well, when you don't eat and there's actually physiological changes inside your body that your body's like, all right, we don't have to digest anything right now. Let's, let's do some cleaning up, you know, and if you don't ever stop eating and you don't let your, um, system reset, you know, it doesn't ever have a chance to, to, um, clean house. Yeah. And there's, a, there's actually a, a researcher. Point. He's, he's, he's the lead researcher at USC for the department of longevity. And he, he, he was talking about, they found it in mice at about the 24 to 48 hour, no 48 to th 72 hour mice do this, but for humans, it'd probably be about four to five days is that you actually have a lot of your immune system, your white blood cells, a lot of parts of your organs. You've actually got a lot of old cells in there that they're not really doing anything anymore. You know, they've kind of run their life course. They're just kind of sitting there. There's there's nutrients in their mitochondria, but, you know, they're just kind of abandoned cells. They're not working mm -hmm. in, in their, in their uh, life cycle. And once you kind of hit that four to five days, your body kind of goes into protection mode and says, all right, you know, we don't know when it's going to be that we're going to get food again. So we got a clean house like you cells that aren't doing anything. We need your energy yeah. and y'all got to get out. You know, all your organs actually shrink down to a more appropriate size and it, it kind of cleans off some of the old stuff. And then whenever you start eating again, there's all this, you know, repair mode that's been going already. And it, it completely rebuilds. I mean, you can actually see wow. your immune system rebuild. You know, it's not quite as point when you're to the point when you first got your immune system built up when you were a little kid, but it's the it's the closest thing you can have to it once you hit that four to five day. Wow. 
a cool. fasting window. Time to clean house, baby. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, know, I know a few guys that have been doing like the intermittent fasting or inter- intermittent fasting where they they'll just fast for like a day, just won't eat the entire day, and then you, know, you just wake up the next day and just do what you normally would do, but you just yeah. And you just got to get off a schedule of, of naming meals. You just you eat when you're hungry, when you have to. Yeah. You need sometimes to give your, you know, if you want to go a couple of days without eating, that, that's that's good for you. And a lot of that actually plays to you. I mean, you can eat every day if you want, but they're actually just dis- discovering a lot of what they call it. Everybody has a circadian rhythm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So That's the so, name of my second, the second band I'm in, actually. Is circadian. <laughs> circadian. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody has a circadian rhythm. Nerd. So, you know. <laughs> Ideally, we should be eating in about a nine-hour span, or you yeah. know, you can extend it to twelve. But you know, you've got sensors actually built into your eyes. It's actually the same kind of cells that are on a frog that help it sense light. Mm-hmm. You know, you sense that light, and it starts your day. Like mm-hmm. before, we kind of made everything completely artificial. Like we've 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 engineered the proper stresses out of our life. Like we don't have winter anymore. We yeah. have heated houses. Mm-hmm. You know, we have all this artificial light. You know, we've we've you know been able to civilize a lot of the natural stresses that we would have had in our life. And so that's Dr. Making a shout. Yeah. Yeah. So going the, going back, there's a there's a guy. I mean, I can the best thing I can equate him to. He's a he's a fucking mad scientist. I mean, I. Awesome. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> his name's Ray Cronize. He was actually a material scientist for NASA and he's like, Y'all are losers. Y'all aren't going back to the moon or anywhere anytime <laughs> soon. I'm out. And so he was actually the co founder of a uh of a uh company called Zero Gravity where they were doing parabolic flights where he'd go up in a plane and do a nosedive and float Hell yeah. Float oh, yeah, zero they gravity. Did, like, the, the bell curve thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and crazy. they were he was able to figure out how to extend that to where they were having like six minute, you know, weightless flights wow. and stuff. I want to do that. So yeah, he actually started Let's do a, whole a podcast on a parabolic flight. <laughs> that, would be, that would be the shit. So then he did that for a while. <laughs> oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> Like a hundred. He did that for a while, you know, and then he kind of got, you know, bored with that. And then he got interested in swimming pools and he was, you know, trying to figure out how to engineer a pool so it didn't have a central drain so he didn't drown in a hot tub. And then (laughs) he he was actually listening to an interview with uh, about Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps was talking about how he ate like 12,000 calories a day. And he's like, there's no way that works. You would be like a whale trying to swim 100 meters if you're eating 12,000 calories a day. There's no way. So then he he started doing, you know, experimenting on himself with cold therapy. And he, you know, actually figured out, you know, how cold stress is so good for your body. I mean, one of the few things that actually changes your metabolism, ramps it up and you can reset your circadian is, rhythm. And is, is he the guy that uh, ice baths for athletes? Is he, he the guy that kind of started that? No, there, there's another guy. I want to say it was Tim Ferriss. He actually has a mm. podcast. I think it's Tim Ferriss, and he had a book called The 4-Hour Body. But Ray Cronize wasn't doing it to that extreme, but he was doing it, you know, as a more consistent, like instead of ice bathing herself, I just want to figure out how to get myself – you know, lower my body temperature enough to where, you know, it would keep me in the proper zone to lose weight. And the guy, I mean, I think Ray, he had gained 80 pounds and basically lost all that weight. And he was like, well, you know, everybody tells you once you lose all the weight, you know, it fixes everything. But he lost all the weight and he was still pre-diabetic, diabetic, diabetic, and still having all the same health problems. And he was eating six times a day. And, 
it just didn't change everything like it was supposed to. So he's yeah. like, it's got to be the food. It's amazing how diet changes like your overall overall being. Yeah. I mean, Mood it really is. Yeah. yeah, from your your mental status to your emotional status to your physical status mm-hmm. to like your outlook. Yeah, I mean, it it's what you've been talking about this whole time. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really amazing and like how into our food we are. But like we're not into food. Like we're into eating the food and the taste and the texture, but we're not into like what's in the food. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And he explains yeah. that a lot. Like I mean, I mean, even I've noticed this. I was my goal is to do a seven, seven to fourteen day uh, water fast. But I was like, eh, so, uh, I'll see where I'm at because I don't want to drop too much weight too too quickly, and I right. don't want to go you know below one ninety five. So I was at two thirty. You know, after I lost my 72, I ate, lost that weight back, you know, just naturally over about a week and a half. I'm like, you know, this this makes sense to me. You know, I should have, you know, ideally what I should have done is this happened in the wintertime. I, I was so overweight. I should have done like a 30-day juice fast and then switched to a 30-day water fast and then done it. But the whole thing is, I mean, you got to slow down and treat it like winter. I mean, you have scarcity of resources and you're slower. I mean, that's let yeah. the, let, you know, that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's called a mod. Uh, uh, I just lost it. It's a, uh, metabolic winner is what he calls it, you know, because that's we would, cool. we would, you know, we're a lot like bears, you know, we would, yeah. we would eat up, we'd store food whenever it was plentiful. And then in the winter time we would slow down, not eat as much, be, you know, exposed to the cold you know and that's the natural life cycle that you know humans have been trying to survive under up until the past 100 years when that all changed and even a lot less than that i mean you really want to look at i mean air conditioning didn't really come around till about the 60s yeah yeah so i mean there's been a lot of change in a very short amount of time and we're we've engineered a lot of these stresses out of our life that are natural and evolutionary and he's like you know he he was doing a podcast and he was he was doing a 21 day water fast and you know he had gone to 23 and he was like you know i I feel so great you know i don't feel like i really need to eat i'm doesn't feel much different than day one so water fast you don't eat anything you just drink water water. that's it for 21 days straight yeah believe it or not the longest medically supervised water fast was done in like ireland back in the 80s and they this guy was like 400 and something pounds did a 382-day water fast. Wow. At the end of it, he weighed 185 pounds. He lost 262 pounds or something like that. Wow. And they did, had to do very, very little adjusting. I think, you know, about halfway through, they had to give him some electrolytes. And then I think they started kicking him a multivitamin at some point just because they were, yeah. you know, yeah. it was uncharted territory having somebody go over a year yeah. on nothing but water. But I mean, you you store fat for a reason. I mean, it's meant to Mm -hmm. be eaten, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and that's the thing he says. I mean, a lot of people freak out nowadays. You tell them you're on a water fast, but I mean, that's something that's written into almost every major religion. I mean, it used to be more, more widely practiced, but I mean, I tell my family, I might be doing a 14 day water fast and everybody's like losing their minds. Like. What are you thinking? You just got done 60 day juicing and now you're doing, I mean, everybody's thinking I'm going to eating disorder, but I'm like, no, there's, there's a method to the madness. Yeah. So it may seem extreme socially that somebody would do like that, but on an evolutionary standpoint, it's perfectly natural because 
there had to be times we would go days and weeks, oh, yeah. you know, when there was zero food and we just had to, you know, suck it up, buttercup, you know, our it's yeah. survival mode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've just engineered that out of our lives. I mean, Ray Cronize, I mean, he's a nut. I mean, you can look him up. He actually helped Penn Jillette lose a little over 100 oh, pounds. Oh, yeah, I saw Penn And he's got a really good, you know, way of explaining it. I mean, Penn Jillette has a great... You know, two, three minute video on YouTube you can look up. Pendulette yeah. is awesome. Yeah, he's amazing. I fucking love that guy. Mm-hmm. You said Ray? Ray Cronize. Um, he's done TED Talks. I mean, he's I mean, he's kind A-R? of the close. C-R-O-N-I-S-E. But, I mean, all you have to do is look up Pendulette. And, I mean, he explains the whole thing. And Pendulette didn't even do any fasting. You know, his was all completely just diet. But what Penn Jillette did, and he explains it, I mean, he started out on a unitary diet. So he would, for the first two weeks, he did nothing but eat potatoes. And he couldn't cut it up or fry it, couldn't take anything away, couldn't add anything. Just for just two raw weeks. raw potatoes? Just, well, I mean, he'd boil it. Okay. Or I was about to say, oh, wow. He could boil it or bake it. But yeah. for two weeks, all he ate was potatoes. I mean, it could have been, you know, anything, you know, within reason. Mm-hmm. But he chose that just because he thinks the word potatoes is funny. So, <laughs> and and really, when, I mean, you can. Like Pendulette yeah. was. You can actually go back. There's actually, you know, studies from the 1940s or 50s where they took obese people and fed them nothing but white rice and, and an occasional, you know, orange every day you know yeah. just to make sure they didn't get scurvy but i mean it completely reset people's systems just living off the starchy things like that but i mean ray cronize and believe it or not he's like 51 years old but that's I mean, him he, yeah wow. that guy's 51 years old i don't know when that picture was taken but i know now he's 51 and i know it wasn't that picture wasn't taken long ago so like wow. he's just a mad scientist that's completely willing to do any Experiment on himself. See that one, that was him whenever he was heavier. Let's see if there's a date on this. Well, doesn't look like it. <clears throat> yeah, good for him, man. Here we go. There's not dates on there, but it shows without oh. cold exposure with cold exposure just like you were talking about wow yeah that's so, how he originally lost you know pretty much all of his weight we're, we're looking at a picture of Ray Cronize at 230 pounds and then first 12 week in 12 weeks he lost 21 pounds and down to 209 and then he lost another 27 yeah. and he's at 182 yeah wow that's cool and that was the 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 first 12 weeks was without cold exposure, and the next six weeks uh, from 209 to 182 was with cold exposure. So, like, you're, like the cold exposure accelerates the... Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. He, he's done a lot of research on metabolism. Like, everybody talks about, like... He's got oh, a I need TED to... talk. That's, that's what this picture is. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. He's, he says, you know, a lot of people, like, think they have a broken metabolism. He's like, there's nothing wrong here with your metabolism. Your metabolism actually scales with your body mass. Yeah. You know, it's, it's completely tied to the size that you are. And he's like, about the only thing that really changes it much is, is you know, cold stress exposure. Mm-hmm. Wow. But, I mean... You can you can listen to podcasts of him, and I mean he sounds like an I'm absolute to, crazy yeah. person. But <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I, I sent you a couple of them. There's one with him, yeah. and then that Dr. Walter Longo. You know, 
Voltalango. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's another guy. His name, it sounds like one of the fakest names ever, but his name is Dr. Sachin Panda. <laughs> and he's like an expert on this circadian rhythm, but yeah. he, he's definitely, you know what, a person to go to. But I mean, you can find all of them. They've all she done podcast with, what's her name? Dr. Rhonda Patrick. Oh yeah, Rhonda Patrick. So yeah, yeah she's been on Joe Rogan before. Yeah, for I mean, a uh, is this her? This that is her, yeah. Boom. Mm-hmm. She's brilliant. She's, uh, uh, I've heard a couple episodes where they talk a lot about like the gut biome and everything. Yeah, uh, she's she's, just, she's you know she she definitely believes that it you know if you have a healthy uh you know if you have healthy bacteria in your gut it affects your mood it affects all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so yeah, she's just a you know pretty smart doctor, but she's been able to figure out how to get herself in touch with some some people doing some really groundbreaking stuff that we should know, but we just mm-hmm. don't. But yeah, interesting. It's, yeah, it's some pretty interesting stuff. It's cool. It, it's cool that all this is coming out. That all this is, you know, that it, they're getting past the uh, um, the boost your metabolism six six meals a day. The people are branching out and actually looking at si- at the science behind it and experimenting these different ways and figuring out what works. You know, mm-hmm. and and. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah there's still awesome. so much social pushback of people like, well, how oh, are you yeah. going to get your protein? And like, believe it or not, like, there's just so many misnomers on it. Like when you're like, I need some potassium and, and, and people are like, well, get a banana. And when you look at it, like on the top 1000 things that have potassium, I think bananas I've heard are somewhere, I haven't looked this up myself, but they're like at 941. Yeah. But oh, wow. the automatic, you know, there's so much of what we have heard from people, we have these automatic associations. So like one of the things is like, well, where are you going to get your protein at? You need protein. You need lots of protein. But I mean, really, I mean, I've, I've got the blood work whenever they're looking for how much protein you have in your blood. It's like at between six and 8%. Like you don't need all this protein that people think you knew. And and what isn't even protein? Protein's a made up word. There's like nine essential amino acids it's actually they're amino yeah. acids they're not even like a single singular protein it, it doesn't exist yeah and you can actually look at vegetables and the some of the lowest vegetable protein basis you're going to find are like rice and potatoes they're still 12 percent protein yeah like proteins and everything you know and it's yeah. it's it's all there it's all available and your body just doesn't use it like you know we expect it to we expect i'm going to pound this protein shake and go to the gym and it's going to automatically cram all that protein into my muscles and I'm going to get swole. But really when you look at it, I mean, what you dietarily take in is more likely what you take in as, you know, a whole consortium over, you know, days and weeks and months and then adds up into years. The way that people use the shakes is, is wrong because it's supposed to be supplementary like you're supposed to the shakes are supposed to add to what you're already doing so yeah. so it, essentially it, from the way it was explained to me is like you go in and you work out in the gym so based on your workout you need more protein based on your physical goals so you add this shake to what you're already eating if you're yeah. what you're already eating is shit then this shake isn't going to do yeah. anything for you. you well, know? then it's actually going to be worse because it's most of it is, I mean, it's it's sugar protein or, I mean, milk protein. 
Yeah. And that's some of, of the, the that's way, some yeah, of the worst the you protein, can do. Yeah, absolutely. That's some of the worst that you can actually take in because it's, the way it's explained by uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick is that, all right, so you've got your sales. Everybody's chilling. Everything's good until you have some mitochondrial DNA damage, and then it becomes a problem. Now, your body has a whole bunch of mechanisms to try to sort this stuff out, get it out of your body. And it does a pretty good job, but it might miss one or two every once in a while. And then, you know, those cells, you know, pass on their damaged cells to other cells. And before you know it, it can grow into something and it can become cancer. And the, the primary ones you're going to look at is breast, uh, prostate, and what's the other one? I don't know. The three main ones that we deal with the most here in America. Liver? Mm-hmm. Testicular, probably. Maybe. And I don't remember. It, yeah. It's not really that important. I mean, we, we got cancer exploding everywhere here yeah. in America. Exploding. Exploding everywhere <laughs> yeah. in America. So, and, and you can, I mean, back in the 80s, you know, they were doing all these correlative studies to where, I mean, they're finding like breast cancer is 82% more prolific in, in America versus Kenya. You know, what's the correlation? So yeah. basically you get this, this mitochondrial DNA damage that happens in your cells. And if it doesn't kicked out, it may proliferate and it expands. And then those cells, you know, kick out more cells and before you know it, you got cancer. Well, one of the things that help um, the cancer cells get past all the, the, the doorman, I guess you'd want to say, get past all the safeguards that your body has in place is IFG1, which is, you know, pretty much the main you know thing in protein it's 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 growth hormone and when you really think Mm. about it i mean what is milk or eggs that is packaged up growth hormone to try to take a baby chick and grow it from a cluster of cells into a free form so it's 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 embry it's uh placenta basically yeah and so you're taking in nothing but growth hormones and those growth hormones over a while i mean they wear out your body and they can promote some nasty stuff i mean there is some good stuff that comes from them and your natural your body naturally produces its own ifg1 right you know as you know a, a normal processes but whenever you're taking in on this extra growth hormone it can help promote you know cancer and cancer lives off of fat and sugar yeah. And so if yeah. if you're you know feeding it a diet of fat and sugar all the time, it's gonna be fat and healthy, and it's gonna grow so much faster. It's gonna get you. So, yeah, if you if you take away you know pretty much all food, you actually help your good cells because they're gonna go through this repair process, and then these dumb cancer cells that the way I heard it, a good way of it explained. So if you take a dumb chimpanzee and there's good food, he's going to be able to survive. He's okay. <laughs> but conversely, if you have a smart chimpanzee and times get rough and there's no food, he's still going to be smart enough to figure out how to go get his own food. Yeah. So cancer cells, I mean, people want to say they're smart. They're actually really stupid. But they're able to live in our environment of, I mean, we have no food shortages. There's right. no such thing as that anymore. I mean, people want to say kids are going hungry. They're not going hungry. Right. No. I mean, no. We're, I mean we're, they may be eating crap food and they're malnourished but taking in too many calories there's a lot of malnourished fat people in america yeah Yeah. that's very true yeah because i mean we're just we're altering food to where it's it's not its natural state it it loses its its volume food product like you said earlier it's not food it's a food product yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. absolutely so i mean and and i guess we should have put a disclaimer before all of this you know a lot like what penn says you know i'm not a doctor 
I didn't go to medical school. I, right. I clean pools for a living. So if you take medical <laughs> advice from me, you deserve to die. Yeah, it's your own fucking on. fault. You're an idiot. <laughs> but what I'm telling you is like, there's a lot of good resources you can go out and find us some people doing some groundbreaking research. Mm-hmm. And, and what it is, is like, they're trying to unengineer how we engineered such comfortable yeah. lives for ourselves. Cause that's where we really belong is just on the edge of survival. We haven't been yeah. able to evolve as quickly as, as our environment has. That sounds like a really awesome, like progressive band, uh, album name, edge of survival. Edge of survival. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. We should write a song or like edge <laughs> of survival or a, uh, <laughs> yes! reality show. Like, uh, Oh God! What's that one where they go? Where they're up north, uh, like in the uh, in the Ice Lake Truckers? No, it's uh, <laughs> God. It's a woman. Uh, there, there's a woman. She's one of the main characters. Oh. Life above zero. Oh, life below zero. Life below zero. Yeah. Is that what it is? Men. There's mountain men. Yeah. Life below zero. Life below zero. Is Fuck amazing, reality dude. TV. It's not yeah, it's real fake. anymore. It's all fake. It probably yeah. never was. Yeah, I mean, it's real it's r- in the fact that, like, they're actual people. They're, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. But, like, if it's, if you're actually filming people, people are inherently fucking boring. Oh, yeah. But the, the, the people that actually invented, you know, the reality TV got out of that game 10 years ago. It was oh, MTV. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. With the road yeah. rules and, and what was Real the other world. one? Real world? Yeah. Real world. And what's yes. so funny is they've been trying to do these challenger shows for so long. Oh, where mm-hmm. they get like like road rules versus yeah. uh, what you would call it? It's been so long since any of these people on the show. Like people, kids nowadays are like, who the fuck are all these yeah. people? So now they're trying to introduce like celebrities into it, you know, trying to keep that even yeah. going. But yeah. I wish they'd bring that back. But they were they they fell into the big trap of, you know. They were going out and find these conflicting personality types. Like, let's take this semi-racist, gay-hating guy and put him in a room with a black gay guy. Yeah, like, yeah. Gay yeah. dude with that. AIDS. Yeah, yeah. 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 They, they fell into their own trap, and they were getting yeah. too many fights, and they had to stop for that reason. But but yeah. I bet they made a ton of money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sad. I wish they'd bring it back. They're still doing the Big Brother thing, right? It, yeah, it's really big in England still. Well, there's... Big, big Brother Ukraine. Yeah. I mean, it's not done in America anymore. No, yeah, we didn't really like that. But that yeah, I I'm think that creeps Americans out. Like, you know, being in a house with... Cameras. Cameras. <laughs> yeah, like, like, hey, no. Yeah, because yeah, we're too into our freedom. There are cameras, like, everywhere, right? In the showers and the toilets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the oh, Like, every bedroom. Definitely in the foreign countries they are. Yeah. yeah. They try to leak out these, like, semi-sex scenes on those. Like, there's yeah. an ulterior motive to those. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a wild tangent. Like I said, it should probably put a disclaimer before all this, but I mean, it's, there's plenty of places. If you think that anything that I've said has made somewhat sense, don't hesitate. And if you, if you really want to make a change in your life, go check out fat, sick and nearly dead. It's on Netflix, forks over knives, Dr. Rhonda Patrick, Patrick and her podcast. I think she's got a website called FoundMyFitness.com where it's got even more content. Like there's so much content of this Ray, stuff out there. Ray Cronize. Ray Cronize. Yeah. He's, mm-hmm. he's got stuff everywhere. So yeah, there's, and the thing I like about Dr. Patrick is she's dug out, you know, some of the most brilliant people, you know, just because she's a doctor, she relates to other doctors like, yeah, I'll talk to you. Yeah. And so awesome. they're, they're really willing to come on her podcast. And it's, it's just such a weird thing that we've been able to engineer society to the past that, 
we have not evolved anywhere near that quickly. Yeah. I mean, all the artificial stuff we have, I mean, technology too. Yeah. It's yeah. A a lot of it, I think is because of, uh, the industrial revolution uh, or effects of the industrial revolution and being, being able to, um, produce things, mass produce things for a consumer. Mm-hmm. Uh, becoming a consumer nation, a consumer society. So, you know, TV dinners and, and this, that, and the yeah. other, uh, which originally like weren't TV dinners just supposed to be like a snack. Like they weren't supposed mm-hmm. to be act, no, like, no, sustain I mean, yourself. That was actually, that? I mean, and it, it's such a weird thing when you start to look at it is that the FDA was, or not the, uh, not the Food and Drug Administration. What's the one that sets all the health guidelines? I just went blank. Uh, USDA. You know, USDA, USDA, yeah. USDA was actually set up to actually help promote all the products that the farmers were making. So they're out mm-hmm. trying to like eat more meat, eat you know, drink more milk, and they were set up to be a promotional wing of 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 the government on behalf of the farmers. And then we turn around to them and say. Y'all should actually tell us what to eat. Y'all know a lot about food. And so it's, they've got this weird kind of like dichotomy going on to where, you know, they're out selling and then setting the guidelines at the same time. And I mean, there's a lot of conflict of interest. Yeah. It keeps getting worse and worse every day. And and that's one thing that, you know, really kind of terrifies me is that, you know, we're letting our, our science be corrupted by money. Mm-hmm. You know, we're letting oh, too man. much, you know, money in. Yeah. Way too much. They, they will find... Anybody that wants their science verified, they'll go out and find the right person that oh, has yeah. just enough credentials that it becomes legitimate. They'll pay that person to say what they want. And now all of a sudden, I mean, that's, I mean, there's a guy that Coke is like fundled over like $2 million to this guy that basically is like, there's nothing wrong with Coke. It's all about calories in, calories out. I mean, if you can find the right balance of calories, you can have nothing but Coke and you're, you're going to live a healthy yeah. life. Like they found a guy <laughs> that they were able to pay $2 yeah. million dollars to say that. It's like the yeah. cigarette companies. I'd like to see that study. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The cigarette companies. Like, no, say, cigarettes do not kill you. Three out like, of four doctors yeah. recommend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well that's the that's the thing is that i mean you get a lot of the food you know companies now or i mean they learn their lessons from the cigarette companies yeah they had a case study that they were able to look at right before people started coming after them on certain things yeah so they they learn from the mistakes made by the cigarette companies Mm -hmm. you know they go on the offensive like they're like no that that information can't get out you know yeah that there's no way and yeah. so, I mean, it's it's really interesting. Like, I mean, you know, we say we want to rely on science, but we're letting it be corrupted by money and then accept yeah, that but it's... But we're not. Yeah. We're in real science. We're yeah. not. Yeah. And speaking of science, and, and then we got we to gotta shut this off. Like, yeah. I, I've seen a couple things on YouTube about Bill Nye, the science guy, and they're talking about, he only has an undergraduate degree. He's not <sighs> a real know. scientist. He's an engineer. You know what? A scientist is anybody that uses the scientific method. Well, and they're comparing him to Dexter Holland, the lead singer of The Offspring, who has got like four degrees. And then Dolph Lundgren, the guy that played yeah. Drago, yeah. Who, who has like four or five degrees, four too. Four degrees, yeah. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, they're, one's an actor, the other's the lead singer of a punk band. Um, and, and Bill Nye's the one that's trying to communicate science to everybody. It's like... Who's more of a scientist? It doesn't matter if you have four degrees. Like, who is behaving more like a scientist? Who 
goes and actually does science. Exactly. Who tries it, to communicate it to the public. Exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. but I mean, I have a really big problem with that one in particular is that there's so many different variables and factors that come in to whenever you're talking about climate. And whenever they po- you know, pose the question right. to say right. that this is a consensus, they say, do you believe in climate change? Yeah, you you would have to be a complete moron right. to say that climate change doesn't exist. We, right. but we Bill, only have super vague question. Bill Nye's stance is it there is climate change. It's uh you, you, the climate changes. It's always changes. It's always going to change. But it's the rate in which it's changing, yeah. and the the rate in which it's changing has been directly affected by human society yeah. by us and if we're not careful we're going to swing it too far one way or the other and there's no coming back but that that's even a hard thing to quantify because when you oh, really want to look at our written history of whenever we started like looking at weather recording accurate temperature is only about 125 yeah. years oh, yeah. on yeah. a planet that is estimated four to 16 billion years old <laughs> yeah oh i know i know but like that's that's a really you know hard vague thing to like pin down because we don't really have any real measure on this and even if you want to look i mean i've heard it said like if you want to look at when Ever humans have have populated the earth like when we actually showed up and if you want to put that on quantify that out on the calendar you would have to go to december 31st at like 11 58 like that's how little time even humans have been on this planet oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you know yes. And, and yes and we go back a long ways you know and for us to try to say that we have a firm grip on what we think the climate and temperature should be when we have such little, you know, recording. Oh, our speed. Mm-hmm. We, we are still in our infancy as yeah. a species. And when, when you think about how really small and in, insignificant we are like, so we've got a solar system and we're extremely far away from the, just the distance between us and our sun is amazing. And the distance between us and the moon, who's even closer to the sun, you could fit 30 earths in between that. Mm-hmm. Think about that. 31 worlds and and then there's the moon you know it's us and then 30 more then there's the moon Mm -hmm. now if you go you go out of our solar system and into just our galaxy there's over a billion stars in our galaxy just like ours bigger smaller whatever right then you go into uh um our it's a it's a cluster Mm -hmm. of galaxies there's over a million more galaxies. Then there's super clusters, and then you have the the observable universe, mm-hmm. where there's you know hundreds of thousands of super clusters. Think about that. Yeah. Fucking think about that. We are a fucking speck. Mm-hmm. And you know we've we've only been around for you know how I, I don't know however many hundred thousand years that you know humans have been here. I don't know the numbers, but. In the grand scheme of things, what we do to this earth, it's not going to matter much. Oh, yeah. It really isn't. It, it just, we need to, it's it's like, uh, uh, you know, we need to take in good food to live, in, you know, uh, a quality lifestyle. We need to take care of the earth so we can, you know, live a quality lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, a, it's the same concept, but, you know. I just think you're really, really full of yourself if you really think you can have that much impact on the weather. Like, we're on a wobbly, elliptical, like, half-drunken spin through the universe around the sun, you know, coming in, you know, different distances. I mean, look at how much, you know, 
effect we have just on the moon, you know, with waves being created and yeah, right. tidal. say our relationship to the sun and our funky little wobbly elliptical orbit crazy, isn't going to have much to, but to it, play it, into that. It, it, if you look at it like this, when you get like a virus, um, you know, and it multiplies in you, like you start sweating, you get a fever, you know, all, all this stuff starts happening to combat that, right? Yeah. Why would the earth be any different? You yeah. know, it kind of is the, a living organism. It, it kind of mm-hmm. is. You know, I'm not saying the earth, you know, is circling the sun and breathing and, you yeah, know, yeah. oh, Gaia or yeah. whatever. But like, <laughs> it, it's, it conceptually, it's kind of the same because, you know, when you, when you start putting, you start changing your environments when these huge concrete jungles keep yeah. coming up. Yeah. Like, like l- just look at light pollution. You walk out my front door. How many stars do you think you're going to see? None. none. You're going to yeah. see none. You'll see a couple of, planets. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Because of light pollution. Mm-hmm. We can't even, th- we can't even look up and see our galaxy. That's just one small change. Mm-hmm. One small change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that's kind of been freaking me out a little bit, you know, I've been thinking about past week or so is that, what we trust in science to know and what they actually know, there's like a big chasm. Like there are very oh, few yeah. things that we have actually nailed down and know yeah. as like absolute true facts. Oh yeah. No, no, like no, no. Science does not have their thing. shit figured out. Yeah, there's no. so much more out there that we don't know. Again, we're an infantile, you know, species mm-hmm. and but and as the general population, we put our faith in them and like they can figure out anything if they wanted to. I mean asteroids coming they're just going to fire a, a rock you know a rocket up there and then they're going to get no. some space cowboys to drill <laughs> drill down and put yeah, fucking bruce willis yeah. and ben affleck and young ben affleck yeah they've they've got <laughs> space drillers they're just sitting on standby like they're all I hooting mean, and hollering yeah like, what we actually have figured out you know scientifically versus what we trust that they have figured out i mean it's it's kind of scary i mean yeah oh no well any good scientist if he doesn't know the answer to something should say i don't know well that's what makes them good scientists right because they don't know they admit their ignorance yeah it out that's yeah yeah, that's the thing or or they're skeptical yeah those are the two things they search to find or they they try and disprove which also leads to other discoveries well that's what's nice about science is that they the skepticism and all that you know sort of makes it self-correcting so yeah if you do have somebody who comes out with this you know complete bullshit study um and he says this is the way it's going to be from now on you know the first thing that's going to happen is there's going to be thousands of scientists look at that study and try to replicate the results and if, if they can't and they all discover that it's bullshit then it's probably bullshit if you can't make it happen again you know yeah i mean there are is always those freak occurrences and stuff like that and anecdotal evidence and stuff like that but you know for the most part you know that's it corrects itself and that's what you know that's that's what's nice about it part of um what keeps us safe from asteroids is two things the kuiper belt i think a lot of stuff gets broken up there um and then jupiter jupiter yeah yeah but once jupiter's gone we're fucked it's just a big ball of gas. Yeah, Nibiru is gonna come and just wipe us out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I was going to try to like slip it in on you about all this health stuff, see if I can actually say that it actually builds your midichlorians and see if you were going <laughs> to catch me on it. Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't miss the midichlorians. I've been listening to a podcast about that on how that's just a theory of Qui- uh, Qui-Gon Jinn. That's why you don't hear hear about it in, the, the, in 4, 5, oh, and 6, and 7. It's, it, Qui-Gon Jinn was actually like a rogue Jedi. And so, because he would consistently... Um, disobey the the Jedi Order. Yeah, uh, he got asked to be on uh, the Jedi Council, but he didn't believe in actual politics of the Jedi. I'm about to nerd out. I'm yeah, sorry. I was about to say this is this is a good point to actually wrap this thing up because when we're going yeah, from Jesus real science Christ. trying to spin off into to, a discussion about fantasy. Star Wars, science fantasy. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a good time to shut this bitch. It's down. It's history. It happened a long, long time ago. Yeah, in a galaxy, in a galaxy far, far away. Far away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's truth yeah fucking lightsabers truth all right well uh again thanks for listening shay thanks for coming on it the, was a pleasure uh, podcast coming have you and, back on for sure yeah absolutely absolutely we'll get you and david on here let you guys kind of go back and forth we would but, probably make just your podcasting melt <laughs> it, would, it would be no more yeah that's well, probably a bad idea we're gonna get david on here first yeah <laughs> And then maybe both of you. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, you want to get us both comfortable and just let us rip? It bad idea. Well, the <laughs> thing is, we can always delete it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those hidden deep in the vault that should yeah. never right. escape. Yeah. That's one of those side bees. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. the no fucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just like our our whole like continuous stream of consciousness <laughs> texting we have going on. If that ever gets out, we're all fucked. We should yeah. probably be arrested. Yeah. There'd be a mob after yeah. us. Oh, like I God. said, I mean, it's probably going to be a game changer, you know, when my lovely mother passes away. You know, that's the last person I'm really trying to impress in this world. It's it's going to be a different me, but, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. can't well, disappoint the mother. No, I totally agree. We're all, yeah. we're all, we're all here for you. That's yeah. the only reason no. I don't ride a motorcycle. Well, that and I don't want to die. I took my mom for a ride on my motorcycle and I had it. It's <laughs> like, Mom, I got a motorcycle. She's like, Oh, you want to go for a ride? Yeah, I guess. Sweet, let's go. <laughs> yeah. You don't need a helmet. Yeah. Put yeah. on this leather jacket, Mom. Yeah. Anyway, all right. I'm Blake. I'm Billy. Shade. And, uh, oh, Billy, how do they get hold of us? You can get a hold Adam of us Corolla. on Twitter Adam at Corolla. the Fabled Tweets. Uh, you can get a hold of us on Instagram, where Adam Carolla is indirectly getting a hold of us constantly, and he really come on the show. We're at the uh, at the Fabled Broadcast, and if you're Adam Carolla and you want to email us, uh, you can email us at the Fabled Broadcast at gmail dot com, or if you're not Adam Carolla, email us there too. And if you want to be on the show, just reach out to us, and we'll set something up, Adam Carolla, and it'll be really fun. And that goes for you too, Adam Carolla. All right. All right. Thanks for listening, guys.